podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. You can't cherry-pick the Bible choosing which parts you want to believe. We don't do that. Uh, you don't? Then what's this? Kaylee has a small tattoo. That tattoo would be taboo. Kaylee, guess what waits for you? What? An eternity in the fiery pits of hell. Shelby, you seem sweet to me. Good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 376 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Hello, See, the thing is, Mark, I'm thinking about it now, and good morning, good afternoon, and good evening now sounds wrong to me. You've done it. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? It should be the way around. It, it should. It's just better. It's just better. He's, he's convincing me, Bex. Hi, yeah. guys. Ian here. 2021. If he did good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, and it was still, like, in order... That makes no sense, that. But good afternoon, good morning, good evening. He's just fucking stupid. I, well... It's like saying Happy New Year and have a Merry Christmas. I mean, I can get that off the ground if you want. I'd rather you did not. I'm going to do. You're <laughs> Yeah, probably. Just start saying Happy Holidays. Oh, God, no, it's not worth it, is it? Why? Everyone get very upset. Really? Well, I've been in my repertoire. Who said you can't say Merry Christmas? Nobody, I just like the term <laughs> Happy Holidays. Have they t- said that you can't say Merry Christmas? Has the company you work for said that you can't say Merry Christmas because you have to be, like, secular? Have you had that? Oh, no, I, was, I, I, I barely say Merry Christmas to people. Like, if I, even, like, in emails and stuff, going back onto the COVID thing for a second... Um, everyone's like, oh, I hope you're keeping well and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, good morning. Please can I order this. Bye. Um, I've I've stopped saying, I I was saying hope you and yours are well. But it's, to be honest, it was more because I haven't really spoken to those people for a few months as well as the COVID thing. Not so much now because it's like I speak to to all these folks like every fucking day. I work in retail and usually by now you've had many Merry Christmases and things like that. On Friday, I got my first Merry Christmas from a customer. Uh, Friday. Um, I will have and you. you just said, fuck you. And I, I, I just sort of looked at him and I went, and I looked so like surprised and I went, you're the first person that said that to me, actually. I, I just went, are you joking? I was like, no, I just went, motherfuckers. I was yeah, like, no, I know, right? That's great. <laughs> she, she's a sixty-year-old lady who comes in quite a bit to the shop, but I really did not expect her to say that. 
Oh, she's great, man. Next time she's in, you need to give her a gift card or something, because that's... Oh, uh... oh I, I, give a, I give a sick discount anyway. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's funny. Nah, the company would be fine with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we like to re- reward our loyal customers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what have we got this week? We have the prom. Well, well, two-thirds of us have the prom. Oh, what? But uh, Rebecca... Was at work. Rebecca organised it so she was at work. You've been at work for the last four days, have you, Bex? You what? Have you you've been at work for the last four, five days, have you? Yeah. Yes, you were. 24-7? No, not 24-7, but we've had a lot of Godfather to watch. <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, I prefer to do that. So we've got, we've got the two days of the prop, which I, I think that... The, both of us are going to be quite surprised in our review of the prom. Fucking right. I think we are going to both be quite surprised in our review of the prom. I think there's going to be revelations on both sides. You reckon? Yep. Yeah. Um, we're also going to chat um, Mario Puzo's The Godfather Code, uh, The Death of Michael Corleone. Nice. Is what they've called it now. I believe you're right. What? It's not the... It's a figurative death. Oh. Like, okay. It's not an actual death. It's a figurative death. Okay. Yeah, we got some... We do have a few what we've been watching. Ours are, like, I think, 50% are the, the Godfather movies, aren't they? Nah, man. I'm but you've got Shiver, don't you? Yeah, yeah you've got yeah. some other stuff. I don't. Uh, Ian will have some other stuff. Uh, we will chat some trailers, news, uh, and other tangents and bits. We do have a few questions. Uh, but briefly, indulge me. Briefly, Ooh. for a second, people. Ooh. Because <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting this. Because um, this is usually the point of the show where I go to Ian and say, "So what's in the museum?" But I'm gonna go to Ian with a specific. Gosh. Ian, can you tell me about? But I'm saying, indulge me here a little bit. I think our listeners might be okay with this. It's not about film. Right. Ian. Ooh. Cyberpunk. 2077, I believe it is. Strap in. Yeah. So I, I do think we're cool with doing this as part of the show in the sense that I think our, our listeners might enjoy it. But so what What the fuck's happened and what the fuck was your experience? Right. OK, so my experience doesn't sound as bad as Jordan's experience. I'll say that. Jesus wept. Right. So we were talking about a little bit about cyberpunk last week um, when we were talking about uh, the death of cinema as a cultural relevance and uh so i uh bought cyberpunk on stadia and uh booted it up thursday morning in my first hour of play let's see uh hard crashed three times um which when i tweeted about that some fucking random Came back to me and oh, said, I, 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 I didn't see this. Can I, can I guess what they said? Yeah, go on. What system are you playing on? Or okay. something around that? No, so the thing is, I screenshotted it saying Cyberpunk on Stadia with like the error message after the hard crash. And this guy fucking added me, basically saying, It's playing absolutely fine on my, on my end. It must be your internet connection. And I was like, Well, no, it's starting up again. Uh, it's starting up and then crashing in the same point buddy so not sure about that he's like no it must be it's absolutely fine on stadia i can't remember what i replied but i i, I, I was just like 
yeah, good for you, mate. You know, like, I'm very not interested in having this particular conversation. You it know, seem, like... Yeah, it, 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 it does seem like a lot of, like, what I've said where people have said that it, it, it's not working or it's crashing or it's... What is it? But then they're going, well, what console are you playing on? Because you clearly yeah. play on an inferior console. It's like, right... And I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you in a second. It's like, a few yeah, things cool. there, right? One, the majority of people that seem to respond to that seem to be saying, I'm playing it on the PS5. Secondly, if you release a game on any console and you release that game on that console, you can't use that, well, it is an inferior console excuse yeah. because you have literally released it on that. Um, yeah, I mean, the. The, the way the developers have responded is fascinating on that. But yeah, so crashed multiple times. Um, I was in a tutorial bit, or, you know, teaching you how to play the game, obviously. I'm in this stealthy bit. And it's like sneak around these guys. Okay, cool. I press crouch. If I even slightly pushed the L stick up more than just like, get it to move glacially paced it would automatically come out of crunch uh, crouch and just run <laughs> so i couldn't actually beat that section um had to restart it a couple of times for it to um fix that as well and then at one point i was on like a shooting range thing and my gun just wouldn't stop shooting and even though I shot all the targets, it wouldn't let me move on. So again, I had to restart it. So that's, I think, six crashes in my first hour of playing it. Or or like six having to restart. Fucking hell. It was awful. Um, now, the thing is, the Stadia version looks good. Yeah. Run, run, you get the option of running it at 4K 30 frames or 1080p 60 frames, and it, it runs well. The Stadia experience, not too fucking shabby. It's not, it's not Stadia's fault, but I have put in for a refund that I'm waiting to hear back because I'm not fucking playing a game that's going to do shit like that. Now, the thing is, the Stadia version isn't even the, the one that's been getting the shit. The developers CD Projekt Red um, refused to show any footage from the base PlayStation 4 and base Xbox One versions. And the review code they gave out was the PC build only. And for the first 48 hours that the reviews were live, they wouldn't even let video reviewers use their own footage. Oh. <laughs> um, so then like a load of sites to be fair a little bit clickbaity this i think as well have over the weekend done cyberpunk review on playstation 4 and xbox one and then scored it really low and it, it's really and it's fucking funny because like the initial reviews most of them were nine and ten out of tens and now knowing that they're kind of against the cultural view on this and now doing reviews where IGN gave it a 9 out of 10 last Monday yesterday they published a review where it's down to 4 a bit like um, when they like, all, the, all the movie magazines re-reviewed Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls and gave it 2 out of 5 rather than yeah. 5 out of 5 that they gave it 
definitely not for uh, access um, reasons. I mean, uh, first time round. Empire for a while, they've stopped doing this now, but they had a um, a section where they essentially had like a second opinion on a film <laughs> yeah. in like the issue after the one where the initial review was published, and that. Like they, I, they didn't run that for long, I think, because people just fucking saw through it. But um, that I, was. I, I won't reveal the gentleman's name, uh, but um, a, a a friend of mine who worked for um, Empire at the time did the review for Avatar uh, for them, and submitted his review and gave it um, gave it like two and a half out of five. The correct score. Uh, as a score for it and submitted the review. They printed the review that went up was basically the same. Little bit of editing, but like a normal amount of editing that the editors put in. But they changed the score to five. (laughs) So the actual review reads like he basically, like like he didn't really like it, but admired the technical aspects of it. But it was like five stars. Wow, that is bad. Yeah, I it it's I, I I don't know. I mean, it's 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 fascinating. Um, but yeah. So then, I like don't, oh God, I showed Mark a video of someone playing the PlayStation Four version that didn't have the Day One patch, and it's it's bad in it. It's incredible. It, it, like, it's mental how shitty some of the graphics look for a game that has literally been coming out for what eight years. Yeah, eight years of development and then has been like out there in the cultural sphere mm. for a good couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And somebody who doesn't watch TV, I have seen adverts for it on TV. Yeah. And I don't watch TV. No. The, the incredible thing about this, right? This game was announced before the PlayStation 4 came out, which is insane. In their statement, they said, I'm paraphrasing, but they said that they didn't spend enough time making sure that the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One version played correct, uh, played well. Okay. The fuck have you been doing for an entire console generation then? It, it, it thing is, it reminds me, going back to a more simpler times, <laughs> it reminds me of when um, there was a little game for the uh, Amiga some years ago. Uh, called Sensible Soccer. Nice. Right? Uh, and then they released Sensible Soccer 2. Uh, and it was a huge success. Like, completely revolutionised uh, the a, 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 a football game. They'd always been quite... At the time, you, you were limited by graphics, but they'd always been um, like a essentially like an angled view of the pitch, and they were always quite slow and quite ploddy, and they weren't fun to play. Quite simply. Um, and the mechanics of them didn't work. Sensible Soccer got it. Overhead view. Made it fun to play. Made players have actual actual skills. Very limited, but actual skills. Nothing in comparison to what we, what we have on consoles now. Mm. But at the time, incredibly fun to play. Then they released a game called Sensible World of Soccer. Mm. Where they basically took every league, every professional league in the world was on it with official players um, and they released it and it crashed 
and it didn't work. And it was an absolute catastrophe. To the point of where what they actually did was they sent out, and bear this was this was pre-internet. Yeah. They sent out to game shops, because that's where you bought things from. You couldn't go to a supermarket and buy this. You couldn't go what is it? You had to go to a game shop. Um, they sent out a disc that was a third disc for it that did the patch for it. Um for free. And you could go in and just fucking pick it up. Yeah. They gave it away free with Amiga magazine. Just what is it? And I basically admitted we had a deadline to hit when it needed to come out. We missed it. Mm. We then had another deadline and we missed it. We had another deadline and we missed it. And then we were basically told we were releasing it. And they're like, it's not ready. And the line they got was, we don't care. We're releasing it. And they released it knowing it wasn't ready. And then we're like, oh, shit. (laughs) And this is before you could literally pipe in an update uh, for for that. Uh, And it's why you ended up with, there was a version one, a version two, and then they quickly released a, uh, a championship version yeah. Um, that was just bigger. <laughs> Wait, <clears throat> this is the thing. It was originally, well, it was originally supposed to come out in like April, but the la- the last delay happened in like late October where it was supposed to be coming out in November. And they said the reason was because they wanted to spend some more time working on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions, like the base versions. And it's like, yeah, of course you did, because that, the version that is like that is unpatched is the version that they had in late October. And if they tried to get away with that essentially being their release version, I yeah, I mean it it would have been like potentially company ending. And I mean, you know, apparently it plays well on it plays well on PC, but they've said that a patch is gonna a patch has already come out. A patch is gonna come next week and there's gonna be another patch next month. And it's just like, right, okay, so you are basically saying then that you don't even think the game is going to be close to ready on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. The consoles that have been around throughout the entire development cycle of the game until next month. And then apparently there's going to be further patches after that. I mean, it's... It's bad because you imagine now there's going to be... There's going to be parents out there who have got that game ready to fucking go for the kid on Christmas morning yeah. that have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any I mean, of this, what is it? And when their kid's saying, oh, apparently it's what is it? They're going to be like, going, oh, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, whatever. I've already fucking got it. Yeah. <laughs> like that. As the kid's there going, no, it's shit. And they're going, yeah, no. <laughs> Thinking, they're going to so love this when it comes out. They won't shut up about it. <laughs> I, 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 can you imagine being a kid on Christmas morning yeah. and you get that it, it's yeah I, I don't know I mean like the Xbox One version at some points runs at 15 frames a second like it I I mean I get that they had to push for it like for just to get it out there for the Christmas market but they done fucked up and it, it's just the you know people aren't uh, the level of trust there you know um but i don't know 
I played it on Thursday, requested a refund. I haven't played a fucking video game since. It's been great. <laughs> Has been anything happened in movie news uh, uh, this past week? Uh, Denny Villeneuve has joined Christopher Nolan in basically saying I'm never working for Warner Brothers again. Yeah, and, uh, and weirdly, like we predicted last week, the internet has not ostracised him for it. Mm. <laughs> Even though also Christopher Nolan has also come out and said, assent, paraphrasing again, it's bollocks that I was the one who made WB release Tenet in August. Which, you know, in the end of the day, yeah, that tracks. It probably was bollocks that one filmmaker made a studio put a film out. Yeah. It always it always felt a little bit like I just don't think that 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 a studio is getting pushed around even by Christopher Nolan, but studios famously don't like getting pushed around by directors. You know, they all can go back and look at United Artists and what happened with Michael Cimino to go, we don't like getting pushed around by directors. I mean, it's it is fascinating. One one thing that doesn't seem to have been reported much. There's this one film that Warner Brothers were like, it'll be on HBO Max next year called Reminiscence. Which, that has been pushed back to 2022. And yeah. apparently the producers have a clause in their contract saying this is own this gets a theatrical release. And when we say theatrical, we mean only theatrical. So now it's been pushed out of 2021. That's ready for Warners to say, yes, we're going back to the cinemas only. Yeah, that's going to happen to a lot of things, I reckon. Like, I think legendary legendary pictures could well put their foot down and say, fuck you, we financed 75% of Godzilla vs. Kong. You didn't let us sell it to Netflix. You ain't putting it on HBO Max. It's going out in the fucking cinemas. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, Dune might even do it. Like, June, I, I, June I could see a backtracking happen here. June, I think June, June will come out on January the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that that's it. I I could see them rolling it back and saying, "All right, fine. After Q one and two, we'll decide yeah. it on a case by case basis, depending <laughs> on the situation at the time." I, or, no, no, no. We meant. Our financial year of 2021, anything after April is just games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, you know, negotiate with the fucking, with the exhibitors and say, right, do what Universal have done, which it's it's incredible because you look at Universal. What, hang on, why is Jordan saying good luck, bud? What's going on? Oh, right. Yes. Good luck to Mike for fucking moving today. Jesus. Okay. Um, Universal, it's so funny that at the start of all this, they were basically being blamed for like the destruction of cinema with what they did with Trolls World Tour. And now they've got the best, most forward fucking thinking deal out there, which is if the film opens to less than $50 million in the US box office, we reserve the right to release it on PVOD after 17 days. Not saying we will but we reserve the right and we're not, and we won't say that we're going to do so until I think 10 days. And then anything um, that releases to over 50 million, I believe gets a 30 day um, window. Or actually it might be 60 day window. It just seemed like, like they've gone right. 
we're going to do this. And then somebody else in the room at the same time while they've been going that has gone, what if this though? They've gone, right, what can we do about that then? Oh, we'll do this. Brilliant. But what about this? Oh, if that happens, we'll do this. Right. And they've gone through it and gone, right, have we ticked every box here? And it's like, right, we've ticked as many as we can think of. And what we'll do is if, if, if something crops up, we'll just, we'll literally go, look, these are extenuating circumstances. These are, these are different times. We've changed tack because of this. Whereas Warner's was, we'll do this, but what about this? We're doing this. What about this? I have decided. It's like it, it, a little wiggle room. <laughs> yeah, I, it will it, be interesting to see what it does to the HBO Max numbers. Because the, the thing is, I think they've announced so far, Wonder Woman, obviously Christmas Day. Mortal Kombat's got a release date in April. Yeah. So what's in January, February, March then? You know, what, uh, what February key... is, is is the new Justice League, isn't it? But that's not one of these, like... Oh, they're going to try and pretend it is. Oh, God. You better believe they're going to try and pretend it is. I will better believe it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's all going to... We'll see how it plays out, is what I will say. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, this de- Disney Investor Day happened last week as well that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, um, every single side character that's ever existed in Star Wars is getting a uh, their own show. Um, and do you know what? Why the fuck not? Yeah, why not? Let them, let them so have their fun. It's so sniffy about content that people might enjoy. <laughs> it depends whether it's quality content, though, doesn't it? I, right, but, and I don't, like, I, I have pretty much zero interest in any of the Marvel TV series. It's cool that they exist, I'm not going to shit on them anything like that, but they look like big budget TV fucking adventures. And so far, Disney, have, Disney Plus has done one, has done one show in a year, it has done one show, two seasons of it that everybody seems to universally absolutely fucking love. Um, so, do you know what? Why complain about content? Do you know what you do? Don't watch it. No, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if, if they keep it all to kind of the, the quality standard that the Mandalorians are, it's great. They are. Sorry about But, you know, you look at the Netflix Marvel Universe, it's all fucking cancelled now but, because they gradually went down in quality. But I will, I will guarantee you that Disney have spent more on any single one. One Division, Loki, Captain, um, Captain oh, Beige, The Adventures of the Guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Sorry, that took me a God. second, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So I guarantee the you. The guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. That's what you're. That's that's what. Of Sebastian course, is. it's what he's. Yeah. He's Come on, it's Mark. Blame. Blame Mark. Yeah, the douchebag. Calling by his proper name. Yeah. I am the douchebag. Calling by his name. <laughs> time Machine. Right. I guarantee you, they spent more on any single one of those than Netflix spent on the combined Marvel series. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I like the Star Wars stuff. I'm not super keen on the Mandalorian because it's a bit slow, but fine. There is one interesting thing that seems to have just gone 
from all people chatting about it because it went from chatting and people going, oh my God, all these things are coming out to then the sniping and the piss taking um, and to get lost in all of it was this idea that essentially we're getting a Disney after dark mode. And I think you did predict it. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I did. I don't want to say I'm a Nostra, Nostradamus of content, but I am. Um, you want to call yourself Nosferatu then? I want to call myself Nosferatu of content, and I thought that's <laughs> that. I know that's better. <laughs> um, so there we go. But that, the fact that we're getting Star, or whatever it's going to be called, um, I think is pretty fucking cool that we might get all of like the 20th Century Fox and the Touchstone stuff. Or a large chunk of that, where I just think they should call it Disney Plus After Dark. I think it'd be better. Yeah. They won't, but that's what I'm gonna call it. Yeah. That's fucking cool. You want to charge for an extra three quid a month? Absolutely. Go ahead. I already think Disney Plus is too cheap. Um, no, I. Do I don't think it's too no. cheap for what we pay for it because what what we use it. But if you slung another, all of that onto it in four and a lot of it in 4K where available. That's, it's another streaming service that I'm using weekly. Yeah, no, 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 I agree with you there, if they add all that stuff. But what they're currently charging for the fact that they've barely refreshed their content since they launched it, apart from Mandalorian it, it, Season but, 2. I, but I maintain with Disney+, Plus, you're not paying as much for the new content, you're paying for the catalogue of content that is, already exists there. Mm. Thing is... Look, it, 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 it's, it's that, and also as well... We've not used it that much. We have used it. We've not used it that much. But people with younger kids, will, it'll have been just a fucking godsend oh, yeah. this past year. Yeah. But oh, by, the, by, by this time next year, though, you'll have Falcon and the Winter Soldier or fucking Captain Beige, all of you called it. Um, you got WandaVision. Um, you'll probably have Black Widow on Disney Plus by this time next year. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm assuming there'll be a Mando season three next year. Um, I'm trying to think of the other, like, shows. They've, Loki. Uh, uh, Loki um, is is next summer, I believe. You know, that that's it. We're now, we're going to, it has been a little bit delayed because of, you know, Corona. By now, we should have had, one division i think we maybe should have had falcon and the winter soldier by now but we are now going to be getting to the point where essentially you're going to have a big series play on disney plus for like eight episodes and then another big series start basically straight after and there's just going to be a constant like just stream of people who are interested in marvel and star wars basically watching disney plus at least once a week just to get their fix of whatever of whatever the tv show is and it that's just going to keep on going and going and going and going and you look at the, like what really surprised me was the sheer amount of star wars stuff yeah um and they i mean they're going all in on mandalorian like two of those series were literally described as being set in the timeline of the mandalorian and they'll be climaxing with some sort of crossover event yeah you, you could see them, them going fuck it um we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this and then go Favreau, just do a movie a yeah. big fucking movie but um it- Disney Plus only because it'll have all the Disney Plus characters in it, but it'll be a massive, like a massive film, which you know 
you'll have in 2022 and then Patty Jenkins's rogue squadron will be 2023 there you go yeah. it is it, it's you know Joe, let people enjoy shit it, yeah. it, 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 it is my my feeling on this um and you know if they can throw out a few movies within that that's I'm pretty cool with that but yeah it, it was a it was a big a big old slit what I thought was really interesting as well is that they're trying this premier access thing again, but are also saying, look, on the same day, whatever cinemas show it, they can have it as well. Yeah, that's kind of my happy place yeah. um, with with Disney uh, with Disney Plus if they want to do it that way. Raya and the Last Dragon, I want to see on a big screen. Same. And if that now means that it will it, be interesting to see what Cineworld do. But if I could see that, if Disney say to fucking Cineworld, look, we're going to do this, but you get 60% of the box office for the first weekend, not 40% like we usually give you. I could see Cineworld go in for that. And if that means I can just see my unlimited card to go see Raya and the Last Dragon on the super screen in in Cineworld, fucking amazing. I'm fine. I'll yeah. I'll I'll pay for that and Lottie. It'll cost less than fucking Disney Plus in it at home. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see see how the other streaming services react. Yeah, I mean th- this is the thing, but it it feels like a some sort of new normal is starting to form and it is that cinemas are still going to be involved um they're probably going to have to accept some sort of hit to their bottom line but what that may well mean you know all all this word over the last few months has been it's only going to be the biggest films that are going to be playing in the cinema i disagree with that i think it opens up more room for smaller to mid-budget films, maybe from like independent distributors or like para, like Paramount or Sony, you know, the ones that haven't really done these streaming things, to actually get some screens. Because you're going to have a lot of cinemas that are going to have a lot of real estate, a lot of screens. And what do they do? Do they put on a showing of Raya and the Last Dragon every half hour knowing that a lot of people are going to watch it on Disney Plus and their attendances are probably not going to be that full? Or do they just go, let's show a wider range of films? You're going to see stuff like View, for instance, who are quite are quite good at kind of like chanting things and going yeah. through stuff. View will be looking and going, for instance, if, if View's open now, but if View is more open now, we'll say Um you can guarantee they'd be asking the question somewhere going, can we show the finale of The Mandalorian on a, on a in the cinema and have it, rather than just like be like, you just get to see that, we'll time it so they can watch the last three episodes that culminates in the, the last episode simultaneously, what is it? Yeah. You did it with... Um, like Doctor Who, when they showed the last two episodes of like Breaking Bad, when they... Um, we're on, and they've done it with like Luther and what was that other one with um, Beryl Comsatchel and Martin Freeman? Sherlock. Sherlock, that's the twat. They've done it with stuff like that. So it, it, it's the cinemas will will look at going right. How can we make extra revenue and go from there? 
And it, it is a little bit of an adapt or die kind of situation. And unfortunately, Cineworld don't like adapting. But you better believe that their shareholders will get told, will, will say, no, you need to you need, you need, need to react to this and stop thinking that you hold all the cards because you quite clearly don't. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the thing is, No Time to Die comes out. Say it's part of this new Universal deal because it is being distributed by Universal. They get it'll it'll open up to more than fifty million dollars in the US, so they'll get their thirty days, sixty days. After thirty days, after what's that? Like four, five weekends of Bond. Are they really going to be that bothered if then it goes out on PVOD? I just like with the big films. Bond is going to open fucking huge. The fast films will open fucking huge. There will be more than enough people who will go, I don't want to wait a month to see that. You know, I it, and, and the Disney Investor Day pleasantly surprised me um, because they have said, like, you know, Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio is going to be a Disney Plus film. Um I was kind of surprised by that, but you know what? Their live-action remakes, like Lion King, uh, Lion King and Aladdin aside, they've been doing okay, but they haven't been doing amazing. Like Mulan, you know, Premier Access didn't do that well. Dumbo did not do that well. Nope. Um, but the Barry Jenkins directed Lion King prequel, you bet your fucking ass that's going to be cinema only. Um, yeah. You know, all the Marvel films... Uh, like they're saying cinema only black widow comes out in may i 100 percent fully believe that black widow comes out in may i wouldn't be surprised if disney basically say look we're we're cutting the exclusivity down to 60 days and then we're putting it on disney plus um but i i, I think that's fine that's fine i think i can release it with something in the back of their mind but what tell people and it'll literally will just one weekend will go. Oh, by the way, Black Widow's coming out on Disney Plus tomorrow. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like shadow drops, they fucking like people love it when when they do those those kinds of things. Right. I, I I yeah, I mean like I'm a little I have been a little bit up and down with this, but at the moment, I mean who knows how I feel next this time next week. I feel a lot brighter about this than I did last week because Disney have come out there and they haven't said fuck you cinemas. It's all Disney Plus all the time now, baby. They, which I was half expecting them to do. Um, they, they have gone. Cinema is still very, very viable. We're just gonna think harder about what we put in the cinema, what we put on Disney Plus, or maybe what we don't make at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was like if the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio was being pitched two years from now, I'll be honest, I don't think they do it. No, I think it's it's there. They're doing it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's already set up. They're pretty much good to go. So they're going to do it, but they're going to release it on Disney Plus and make a big deal about it on Disney Plus. That that sounds absolutely fair enough. The minute the Marvel films go Disney Plus only, that does feel like game over. But that now feels very far away. Yeah, and if that was going to happen, they'd have pulled the trigger already with, what is it? Yeah, they, they would have gone Black Widow, Christmas Day, enjoy. 
Ja. Um, Ian, trailers. I think I've only seen a couple. What are you seeing? Um, that Anthony Mackie one that's on Netflix in January. Uh, Very generic title. Outside the Wire. Outside the Wire. Yeah. The one where, where he literally says at the start of it, that's Captain. And almost winks at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... It's a Netflix movie. I'll watch it. You know, there's going to be fuck all out in January, so we've got something to talk about. That's about it, really. Thoughts yeah. on that? <laughs> That's it. it there's, yeah. Yeah, it's not. There's, it, yeah. It just kind of happened, didn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? I've only got one other. What, what is it? Nobody. Yep. Sir. Bob Odenkirk does John Wick, except he's got a family. I mean, that's literally it, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I watch I mean, it. It looks violent as fuck, so. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the stunt team. It's 8711 who um, do the John Wick films. Mm. And it's produced by David Leach, isn't it? So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, 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 I'll watch the fuck out of it. <laughs> it's um yeah it's it's i mean i think with with john wick obviously the the big difference is he's his missus clearly knows what he did before or you get the vibe that she does and that he's come out of it for her whereas in this his his family maybe maybe his wife but they seem to be obviously a bit more in the dark about it Which 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 will lead to uh, which will have an interesting angle to it, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks it looks fun. It could be, it could be utter shit. It could be just yeah, you tried to make John Wick and it didn't work. But I you know I like Bob Odenkirk. It's interesting to see him stretch himself. Um, and I hope cinemas are open here when it comes out. That's it. I will happily go and see the cinema. It looks yeah. it looks like the sort of thing you go. I'm right with that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Final trailer for Midnight Sky. I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by it. Early word is not good. But I don't care. I get to watch it over Christmas. Uh, and it's a it's a new Clooney film. It feels like a while since I've had a new Clooney. Oh, that's kind of sad that it's the early word in bad. And this one he made himself quite poorly for. Yeah. Like such dedication to his ass. He, he, he seems to have got a bit miserable in his older age <laughs> as, as, as Clooney, from being really like charismatic to literally like like something happened, like not winning Best Director and just winning Best Supporting Actor at that Academy Awards that he was at when his acceptance speech was literally, well, I guess I'm not winning Best Director then. Was a bit like like after that, he's just he's never quite got over it for some reason. <laughs> What was the last film he directed? God, was this Suburbicon? I think it might have been, yeah. God, bloody hell. That's the thing, man. It's it was like. Right, that. Um, it was all right. <laughs> I don't know what noise that was, by the way, but I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because it, it looks, you know, it looks big and it looks like one that you could maybe just kind of like enjoy 
of a Christmas holiday evening. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm looking forward to. I just want something big, not dumb as such, but just something that I look at and go, all right, there's craft and there's, there's fucking that that's a big budget film. Yeah, you know, that's what I kind of want out of it. Um, I get the feeling that it's going to be significantly bleaker than the trailer makes it out to be. I, I kind of watch it going, going, going. Yeah, but I've seen that Astra, so I know it's not that bleak. And I think it's a fucking beautiful film as well. I'll add to that. Fucking, I'm just waiting for that 4K to be cheap somewhere. Like it's never in any fucking authors. I reckon James Gray has basically got points on that, as so has just said, it, it, it can only be at full price. I have kids to put through college. Uh, French Exit. Yeah, I'm kind of up for this one. This one looks really good. I'm up for it because of Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. But I want the world to start looking and going, Lucas Hedges, is he a bit shit, actually? Because I think he might be, you know. I think he might be a bit shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Talking of people who we think might be a bit shit, Shadow in the Cloud. Yeah, this does not look good. Yeah. What, yeah, what is this? The new Chloe Grace Moretz movie. Okay. Um, and, yeah, Girl Needs a Hit or something decent. And I think it might be Tom and Jerry. Um but this looks bad, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does look bad, yeah. She's basically in, like, a fighter plane, but there's monsters in the clouds. Yeah. And it, it, she's it, the only one on the plane that knows about them. And If if this was called... Well, Sky I thought like episode with fucking Shatner. Yes. It, it, really? It does, uh, that, that, yeah, it, it very much is like that. Um, like like the, the creature thing does look like the, the Twilight Zone rip-off uh, Simpsons episode they did that time. Nice. With Bart on the bus. It does look a little bit like that. Um, but if they called this Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow 3, Shadow in the Cloud, you wouldn't think that it was... You, you wouldn't be surprised to see that for three ninety nine at Asda. <laughs> oh, Would that you? is true. No, it, it, I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah. But it looks bad. Oh, I, I will absolutely watch it. But it looks bad. Yeah. It has got it has got Thursday Night Watch written all over it. Has she done anything good recently? Greta. Greta. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? I think that's it for trailers. So, Becky, we're about to talk about a movie that you didn't watch. I might go make a cheese sandwich. If you want to go make a cheese sandwich, go make a cheese sandwich. Because we're about to go to the fucking prom, Becky. We're about to go to the prom. We'll have a lovely time. We, We're we about will. to make a prom for everyone, Becky, so get the fuck out of our faces <laughs> and eat your sandwich. I mean, that sounds a little bit kind of antithetical to what you're saying. If it's prom for everyone, but I need yeah, to get the fuck out, you. that's my harsh. You didn't work up my prom. Well, I heard James Corden was there, so I decided not to. Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> we will get into that. Yeah? Good. Hotel is booked. Breakfast isn't included, but there's a waffle shed next door. Sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. We're doing a great thing here. We're being great people. This is all great. This is going to get me my third Tony Award. What? 
Oh, come on, you know how political the Tonys are. They don't vote for you, they vote for your brand. And my brand is a little tarnished at the moment. Because of the infamous tirade of the Long Acre Theater? When a cell phone goes off in the middle of a performance, I can't be able to... It was your cell phone! I didn't know that! It was in your wig! I didn't know that at the time. Anyway, anyway. So, The Prom is based on the uh, Broadway musical The Prom. Uh, is uh, directed by uh, Ryan Murphy and stars Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Keegan Michael Kay, uh, Andrew Rannells, uh, Kay Washington, uh, other people, uh, and also introducing Joe Ellen Pellman. What is the story of? It is a, I believe, is an Indiana town uh, that essentially have cancelled the prom because. One of the kids who goes to school, Helen, oh, sorry, Helen, Emma, I apologise, Emma, uh, wants to go with her girlfriend. So rather than causing a stir, they cancel the prom. At the same time, Meryl Streep, Dee Dee Allen and Barry Glickman are in a new production of uh, the Eleanor Roosevelt story, Um and get terrible reviews, so they want to get some good publicity. So they decide to take this girl's cause of not being able to go to the prom on as their big publicity. So they head to Indiana to try and get this prom back moving and going, and this girl can go to the prom. And then things happen, we'll say, which we are all supposed all the time, but I'm not going to get into it in the synopsis because some things got me shook here. Shook her, I was. Yep. yep. Um, but Ian, it's fair to say that we were kind of watching the prom out of curiosity. And I think we both always go into films wanting to like them and hoping to like them. But I don't think either of us were quite expecting to like this, were we? No, I mean, I think I said on the show last week that I was basically looking to watch it because I needed some worst of the year kind of Consider consideration stuff and we talked about the trailer a few weeks back and the trailer basically tells you nothing about what the film actually is um so so so, so i'll ask you this now and i think i already know the answer yeah is this going to be anywhere near your worst of list no it's elaborate nuclear powered for my number one surprising of the year I don't know how anything even comes close to how surprised I am by how much I enjoyed this film. Now, a potential brief caveat. um, I watched this on my eighth day in lockdown, where basically the only time I'd been outside that time, all that time was in my garden. Um, and so I might have been feeling a little bit, I just need kind of something to make me feel something. And this did. Um, I get the criticisms with James Corden. His character, he is too young for the character he's playing. Um, and you know that i'm just gonna say it 
there are plenty of gay middle-aged men in Hollywood, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I think they, prob- they probably could have been cast for this role. Um, I- I'm going to get to that. Yeah, uh, but maybe maybe there's not, though. It- it's basically like, this feels like 20 years ago, Nathan Lane would have been fucking chef's kiss casting for this. Mm. Um, or even 10 years ago. Um, but I also get that they it does feel like maybe they needed somebody younger for his role because of all the other characters. Um, so I, I, I get it. I thought Meryl Streep was fine. Like she's doing a Meryl Streep thing. Didn't, didn't find her offensive. Andrew Rannells can wear the fuck out of an aqua blue suit. Jesus fucking Christ. And I actually, I wish he had more to do in this. Um, he, he he had he that number in the mall about um love vine love thy neighbor i think it was called yeah that was great really fucking enjoyed that and the girls the girls at the center i really got caught up in their story when that revelation happened that we whatsapped about about halfway through the film yeah fucking i was shouting at the tv uh, yeah i i was i'll i'll, I'll get to my reaction after you you, you, you I, I, yeah you just started it yeah, I mean, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, yes, this kind of story has been told before. Fair enough. It need, it, it needs fucking telling. Only time I'll ever compare this film to Black Klansman. But Black Klansman is is telling a fucking story. It's, uh, it's a sledgehammer smashing a walnut. You know, the prom is doing that as well. But, hey... Given everything that's happened in America over the last four years, yes, yeah. film Twitter may go, we've seen this all before. We actually need to have stories about trans kids finding each other and whatnot. And I think there's a place for that. But mainstream Netflix watching America probably does need films like The Prom to normalize the idea of same sex relationships. And I, you know, and also the film's got its tongue in cheek. Yes, it's a bunch of liberals going to um, rural Indiana to tell people what's what. But there's an entire musical number in this film about how fucking offensive that idea basically is. I, fair play to Ryan Murphy. I, I, I think he's I think he's done a bit of a fucking done a bit of a wonder here. Right. I'll get the vibe in there. Yeah, do it. So, I went in with a bit more curiosity after you, you, you'd really quite liked it. Um, I, in the first 10 minutes, was contemplating turning it off. Um, because... The Eleanor, like, section. Yeah, because yeah. I was... I, I, I honestly was thinking, I don't think I can cope with, with um, this much cordon. Yeah, he's too much. Um, I thought I, I was also looking, at going, I can't go up with Street. This is crap. It, and it, I was also watching, it going, I feel like you're playing into everybody's hands a little bit. Like everything that you could do wrong with this movie, you're doing wrong with this movie. Um, and then it starts to soften a little bit, and it starts having a little bit of story about it, and then you have the moment. Where uh, uh, all spoilers all the time. Essentially, what happens is they 
decided to allow the prop uh, and uh, Emma gets all um, dressed up for the prom and you get a few like big numbers and she goes to the prom and then there's a moment where you're outside it and it shoots to Meryl Streep mm-hmm. who kind of looks around and at that moment you go hang on a minute yeah she's right something's not fucking right here yeah and then you walk in and you've got um, Keegan Michael Kerr who is playing the um, the principal of the school who is very much against the PTA um, who is the head of PTA is Kerry Washington um, he's very much against them cancelling the prom and he's literally sat in the middle of an empty auditorium and it hits you oh fuck they have changed the location on this four foot poor girl at the last fucking minute and it makes you go fuck you Kerry Washington yep. <laughs> fuck you yep. you absolute goddess but fuck you yep. and at that moment I was in I'm going to do something that I never thought I would do ever Keegan-Michael Kate is the best thing in the movie However, we'll get to the weirdness of, of, of a story arc that he has. We'll get to the weirdness of that, that I am going to call out. However, the second best thing in this movie is James Corden. Actually, no, he's the third best thing. The second best thing in, the, in this movie is Andrew Rannell's uh, musical number he gets in the mall, which is, for me, the only tolerable musical number in it, because I didn't like the musical numbers, which is weird because it's a musical that I enjoyed, but that one is fucking brilliant because he oh. seems to get it. What about the what about the number with the the two lesbian girls wanting to dance with each other? Didn't like it. Oh. Didn't like didn't like most of the musical numbers. What I will say is, I think James Corden nails the emotional beats that he gets. I think he absolutely nails it. And I don't like James Corden. I think he's very good in this. I think he he gets the flamboyance and the showiness of it and the, the pomposity of it all, I think, quite well. And I didn't like him in that. But I don't think he's supposed to. But then the bit he gets with where he's just being her friend or the bit that he where he, he essentially chews out Meryl Streep for wanting to get him to reconcile with his mother and then the bit where he chews out his mother all worked for me really quite well. I thought he, he got that, and I see I got something from it. I thought he he nailed those bits. The Keegan Michael K um, and Meryl Streep relationship bit felt a little bit like uh, I fucking loved that. Uh, I was watching it going, she's an awful lot older than him. Yeah, but fuck it, right? What? And I saw that. But if that's the other way around, people are up in arms about it. It's you're right. I am right, aren't I? But people should, you know, people should. It's the fact that it's like sixties, forties. If it was like fifties, twenties, no, fifty, like fifties, thirties, like forties, twenties. That like I think if it even if it was older woman, it would be a little bit like hmm, you know. It's the fact that they are both very, obviously very, very consenting adults. Keegan-Michael Key 
is what middle aged. Fair to say. He's forty nine and Meryl Streep's seventy one. Yeah, so I mean that that's the thing. There's a 22 year age gap, which if they were both 20 years younger, I, it would be a little bit like, hmm, all right I, then. Can but, I put out? I don't have an issue with it. No, no, I know, I know you don't. I know. My, you don't. my issue is that if it's the other way around, people would be up in arms about it. I'm not sure they would though, because like, if it was a mid a mid 40s actress. And an actor in his 60s. And it was these characters. Because I think that's key as well. It's these characters. It's a, a, a kind of a washed up Broadway star. And a, high, a, a small town high school principal. Who's always had a thing for her. I, 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 kind, of th- I kind of think that's alright. No matter which way their gender is in that context. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get on with streeping it. Because she's doing too much streepiness. It's just That's fair. it's it's stock Meryl Streep character number two. However, her trying to avoid helping pay for the prom, where she just wanders off and starts looking at books. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. Was, was brilliant. Uh, that was. It was really quite good. Uh, that bit. Um, Nicole Kidman's crap dance, where it's supposed to be a bit crap, uh, with the girl, was a lot of fun. Um, there's a moment when you almost get the feeling like Ryan Murphy has said to the girl who who's in it has gone we need you to a few times have not a perv but have a look because you have to remember you're gay and this is Nicole Kidman yeah <laughs> and so there's a few moments where she has a bit of a look and then almost like a look to the camera of I don't know if I look there I'm not going to lie and you go yeah that's fine have a bit of a look everybody would but the fact is, none of the characters in it, with the exception of Kerry Washington's, are and a, a couple of the school kids, which are allowed to be, are actually there's no nastiness in them, there's no malice in them at all. They're all trying to do the right thing. It just might be for the wrong reasons at points. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, like my Saturday was inside. Having cabin fever, watching the prom, the semi-final of Strictly, and a film I will talk about later, which, given those two, is not it, the film is not surprising in the fucking slightest. Um, and it may it just made my weekend a bit more bearable. Yeah, and um, I never thought I'd say that about the prom. Never in a million fucking years. Do I did I think I'd say that about the prom? No, I actually think I I do actually think that the I find the idea that that a few people and it's not just you that said that I've seen a lot of people saying why couldn't they get a gay actor to play um to play James Corden's character? And it's a little bit like if you were a, if you were a gay actor you'd be there going like. I, I I don't only want to play gay characters. It, I I I I can't I just be an actor rather than a gay actor. I mean I I to be honest I think in a way if it's all right by Ryan Murphy it's fine. I think if if you start saying that any gay character is actually played by a gay actor because they they have the gay experience you open it up to the right but then can gay actors 
can they not play straight characters now? Because the world we live in in 2020. But it, it 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 just seems like we already covered this 20 years ago. Did we? Did I miss it? Why have we gone so far back? It's mental. But what I will say is I didn't expect to enjoy the prom as much as I did. And it's weird because I didn't enjoy most of the musical numbers. It's 40 minutes too long. It is. I I will say that's one criticism. When, When we were about an hour in and that first prom happened, I was like, how the fuck am I less than halfway through this film? Yep. I was enjoying my time with it, but man, if you weren't into this film, you would be so fucking checked out with how l- slowly paced it is. It, it, it is. it is very slowly paced. Um, I, I think that the... I think Ryan Murphy might be a good story constructor. I'm not sure he's a great director as such. Of movies, we'll say. I haven't watched that much with TV stuff, so I can't comment. Is he a decent TV director? I I want to watch his uh, adaptation of The Boys in the Band. Which... I, I, yeah, I want to watch that now as well. But having uh, Matthew uh, Libertique as the director of photography on that, you can absolutely see that he's gone, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And Ryan Murphy's gone, you do that, mate. <laughs> yeah. You do that. Yeah, I mean that that prom at the end and that last dance number and stuff like it's it looks great. It look it doesn't look like a Netflix film, you know. It, it, that's it for the first forty minutes for me. It very much did, and then it just it lifts itself. Mm. And I think it's once it gets and the weird thing is is it's once it gets into the story, the story's fucking great. It's yeah. simple as, but it's great, and that's the bit I gave a shit about. And the thing is. I'm not even saying, oh, I wish they could have just dropped the musical numbers and just had that story because it doesn't work without the musical numbers. And I, it's, I had a good time with it. I, I don't, I'm not quite as high as you are on it, Ian, but I am. It will be in my surprises list without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, which is which is so uh, totally fair. But I just, yeah, I had a I had a really really good time with it. I could see me watching it again and again. Like I say just because you know a lot of people seem to be saying oh you've kind of seen it all before and whatnot that's fine you may well have but if 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 some if some kid watches this on netflix and then just gets a bit more confidence to i don't know tell the same sex kid that they fancy that they've got feelings for them or come out to their parents or something or come out to their friends or something like that. You know, it's one of those films where it's just like, look, this is obviously done with the best of intentions and you may not like what they've done with the material, but this film wouldn't hurt a fucking fly. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely the thing. There's no, this isn't, this, this hasn't been done to cash in on anything or anything like that. It's been done kind of get that out there and that's I think that's pretty fucking cool i'm definitely not shit on it yeah same definitely not and, 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 like lottie was in in the room with us she was kind of on her ipad but she was kind of watching it for like every now and then and like j- just the fact that we were kind of talking to her saying like well they don't you know she's not able to take her girlfriend to the prom and and lottie was just like well that's not very fair is it it's like well no no exactly that you know just like 
that's the thing. It's like getting her acclimatized to that because God knows, like, she's not really seeing any of that in, in her life. But the fact that, you know, she's not even paying attention to the film, really, but she's just getting that into her head that that's a normal thing. Like that's an osmotic kind of situation. Isn't yes. It? That's yeah, no, so it's really, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it doesn't have to be made. You don't. It, it, it's it's about yeah. It's it's about teaching from the beginning that that's not weird. Mm. Thinking it's weird is weird. Mm. Yeah, that's, that that that's where the wrong bit is, and and, and channel it in the right direction. Um, <laughs> our audience poll was definitely not shit twenty five percent, shit fifty percent, and geostorm twenty five percent. Fair enough. I mean, the, last thing I, I, the last thing I, I, I'll say on it, if, if you've got Mark saying, by all means, uh, uh, go ahead. But last thing I'll say on it is, if you're listening to this and you are, you are almost hovering over it, or you have a curi- a, a curiosity about going, I'm curious about giving it a go, but I just don't think I like it. Give it a go, but give it an hour and twenty, because if you're not into it by an hour and twenty, you're not going to be into it by the end of it. But I wasn't into it for the first 45 minutes or so. And then it was after that. Weirdly, you came in, didn't you? Uh, and I was about 40 minutes into it. And you said, what do you think? And I was like, hey, it's not very good. I'm not enjoying it. I'm going to persevere. Then I went to Sainsbury's. Then you went to Sainsbury's. And literally 10 minutes later, I was, I was messaging Ian going, what the actual fuck? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Sainsbury's walking around using my fucking phone as a scanner because that's what you do now in a COVID world. And I just get a message come up while I'm looking at it saying, fuck you, Kerry Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in this house, I don't say lightly, do I? No, no, we, we, we like Kerry Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, do you know what? I don't even want to know. I'm not even going to click on it to see what the conversation before this was. <laughs> I th- yeah, I mean, it, it just, again, like, it's just it's baby steps, you know, like this film is trying to spread a good message and like hopefully not 10, 20 years down the line. But there will come a time where there are filmmakers like influential people in Hollywood who want, you know, want to tell like um, trans stories and things like that. And and that kind of thing can ho- ho- like, you know try they could try i i I can't say i i I understand enough about the trans experience to give it necessarily an opinion either way my whole thing is fucking go you know go with god as long as you're not hurting anyone you know so but if it gets to a point where that that kind of experience is being accepted in society and it requires like people who have grown up in that way watching films like the prom knowing that they can get you know a, something that can be controversial out there in an entertaining mainstream medium all power to you but it's not going to happen yet because society's just not there do you know what's really irritating though what i feel like it was oh yeah we've, we've, we're we've, having to take baby steps retreading old ground well, we already did this yeah, it's I think I think we are like the the Trump administration has done fucking terrible. Oh, God, most obvious fucking statement in the world, but has done terrible things for general acceptance that, hey, 
black people's lives matter just the same as everyone else. I'm not going to say black lives matter because I know that's the fucking incendiary statement to some. Um, but I think saying black li- <laughs> black people's lives matter as equally as anybody else is absolutely fair enough. But it, And it feels like 10 years ago, people would be saying, yeah, yeah. Now we live in a world where Spike Lee has to make black Klansmen to fucking try and prove a point. And, and even even Spike Lee w- w- was saying, I feel like I did this yeah. 20 years ago. But like even homophobia, like I feel like 10 years ago, if some little girl wanted to take her little girlfriend to the prom, like round here, like if, if some girl wanted to go with another girl to the prom when we were at school, it would have just been like, cool, I'll power to you, what are you wearing? Yeah. I just it just feels like we've regressed so much as a tolerant society. Yeah, because we've allowed we've allowed that general the generation that when we were younger was was our parents' age and that little bit below it mm. who didn't like that it was happening. Mm. And now the people who have got a bit of power and a bit of sway and they're going, We're gonna get you fucking back for this. It's the nastiness of it all. But let's move back on to movies. But I, 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 just a final, final follow up on that. It's the fact that on the extreme other end of it as well, it's no, we need to be doing this, 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 this and this. And it needs to be now, 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 now. The, 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 and I, I, I'll briefly comment quick, 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 quickly on that. It, there's, an, there's an element of it. If you want people to understand something, um then you have to be open for people to ask questions about this without accusing them of essentially being intolerant. Being intolerant. Mm. So if somebody wants to ask the question to somebody of, right, why those pronouns? It can, it can actually be a question of, I, I'd like you to explain to me why those pronouns, not what, why do you have to have those pronouns? I, I don't genuinely... accept that. Explain it to me. It's not necessarily yeah, that. Yeah, it, it, it's that. And the problem is there is too much shouting from, from all sides. And as a, I'm going to put my head on a shopping block here a little bit, as also as well, for instance, that they're, if everyone has to show a level of tolerance, which they fucking do, I have to show a level of tolerance mm. and a level of understanding. Um, and even if you don't understand something, then why would you automatically hate it? Right. There's a phrase that I despise and I, I hate being referred to it. I hate being referred to as a cis, cis male. Cis male. I, I, I hate it. I, what is it? It does. It, it irks me. because I'm like, no, hang on a minute. Don't. Why are you labeling me? You have no idea what what my what my inside of my mentality is like so why why are you labeling like that oh well you would say that you're a cis it's like, no 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 i i have no problem with you identifying whatever you want to identify as. i don't identify but i don't identify as that yeah and, and i and i think that i just because i am not part of a minority doesn't mean to say that i can't want to be identified the way i want to be identified what what does cis mean again not trans yeah. The the gender that you were you were born. Yeah. Oh right, okay. So I'm a I, I was born a boy and I think I'm a boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. okay. And that's it. I genuinely I have no problem. I, 
I would like to sit down with with, with somebody from the trans community and just to just to sort of like say, right, can you? I got a lot of questions, but they're not attacks. They're just questions that I just kind of like, what is it? Because it's very hard to find information out there that isn't skewed to one side or the other. Well, this is where this is where well-made good movies kind of come in. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a kind of passive receipt of, of that information without having to ask someone and make them feel uncomfortable because there is a defensiveness there and th- that defensiveness comes from yeah oh, absolutely but imagine feeling so attacked in your day-to-day life that someone asking an innocent question can make you fucking go off the deep end and if that information can come from somewhere else like a piece of art made by somebody who has experienced that themselves then it just kind of takes the absolutely that's it that's it it's not a well again just to clarify what i would say wasn't an attack on the trans community and saying that it was very much a you know, it, it, like you said, you put perfectly summed up there, Bex. Imagine being in that situation where everything feels like it's mm. an attack, that you just automatically go into defence mode. It, it's, a, it's a fucking weird world we're living in, and I think maybe I'm, I'm starting to see chinks of light. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I am. I am. I am as well. An orange fuck is about to be kicked out. That makes no fucking difference to us. It, but, but it's it, no, light for us. But it, it, it is a Our little orange bit. fuck's still there. No, but but it's it's hopefully this is the beginning of the end of orange fucks. Um, I don't know, Matt. We've got Brexit to contend with. I'm, that's stressing me out. <laughs> nothing you can do about it. It's no point stressing you out. So, so okay, having spoken about a movie in a while. Oh, sorry, 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 Ian. But yeah, yeah, it just having Biden come out. No, not Biden. Come out, Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, he can if he wants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. More power to him. It'd be a surprise. Um, but like, and he he was he literally said like trans lives matter and things like that. You know, it's like that's the kind of thing that. And like I say, I don't have enough experience with um knowing what that you know try understanding what somebody who doesn't but doesn't believe their uh, who isn't wired the way their body is i, I suppose is a, a way of saying it I, I honestly don't know the appropriate phrasing and i don't mean to offend anyone um but i don't have enough of that experience to know and i'd love to be taught i'd rather I, I don't want to be told i'd rather be taught yeah. um, but biden coming out and saying something like that it just feels like the grown at the back of the room. In, yeah. yeah, that in intolerance is going to just fuck off, just retreat for a bit. There's there, there's not going to be the power in it. Like you look at the last thing, you look at how fucking badly all of these attempts Trump has uh, had to try and undermine the election. His power's gone. It's gone. It's yeah. just a joke now, isn't it? And, but but that's it, the thing. It, it, even, yeah, even prominent Republicans are now coming out and saying, shut up now. How about this? Like, this, it, the thing is, it's still dangerous. This execution spree that is going on before he comes out of power is just horrific. It, like, who does that? It's the it's the last tantrum of the world's biggest toddler. But people are losing their lives over it. <laughs> they are, unfortunately. But it's a... Just it's the last rose and it, 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 yeah it is going to cost people their lives but hopefully it, it's going to be the thing that starts to repair some lives 
at the same time. Because um, it could be a lot worse. He could have won. Uh, but Becky, you've not spoken about a movie in a while. So what have you been watching? On my own. Son. On your own, son. Let's have a look. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Hunter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Yeah. Yeah. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. The old letterbox staff. I mean, you're not fucking ready for this, are you? No, I didn't know you were coming straight to me. I literally started saying it a couple of minutes ago. And I wasn't really listening to you, Mark. I mean, that's part of the course, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so going in order, I watched... The screen's very dark. Can you see that? Yeah, I, I don't... Can't. I don't have my brightness on very high. It, 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 The blue light from your phone can make you not sleep very well, so if you've got your brightness lower, it's not as... My night sweats make me not sleep very well. That's gross. Nobody needs to hear about your night sweats, Mark. My night sweats are awesome. They're disgusting. Um, so I watched the delight that is the Muppet Christmas Carol, um, nice. because then I can watch it again before actual Christmas. Very exciting. Cool. I do you know what? I just I, I love it. It's the perfect Christmas film for me. Like for making me feel Christmassy, all the songs, Michael Caine, all the Muppets. I I just I absolutely adore Muppet Christmas Carol. It's magnificent. Um. So yeah, and then I can rewatch on Christmas Eve. So that's the plan. Um, I watched Citizen Kane, um, which genuinely it, it, it's one of those films that I know I really love, but I forget how good it is when I haven't seen it in a while. It is just it's so well made, well acted, well structured. It's it's just fantastic. Um, and obviously watching. Man class week. I was wanting to do a rewatch, so uh, but yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, it's 
yeah whenever whenever I watch a film that's in my kind of top 10 of all time list I always worry that it's gonna let me down a little bit and it and it didn't so that was good um I watched Zathura a space adventure have you seen this one I like some Zathura yeah so yeah it's it's basically it's kind of the same kind of concept really as Jumanji isn't it like you've got the board game and then it kind of pulls you into the world but it doesn't really pull them into the world the world comes at them mm-hmm. um but I, it's it's been quite a long time since I saw it and I completely forgot the twist at the end about Dax Shepard being the older brother completely I forgot about that as well yeah Dax Shepard was in it Dax Shepard's fucking great. I'd have watched that again. Uh-huh. I'd have remembered that Dax Shepard was in it. I'll watch it again with you. Because, you know, I, I buy Dax. You do. You do enjoy Dax Shepard. Um, so, yeah, do you know what? I, I, it, it's it's great. It's a great kids' adventure movie. Why have I ruined it, that? Or is that Titan A? I don't know. You can IMDb it while I do this. Um, I also watched Single White Female. I can't quite remember why I watched Single White Female. Something kind yeah, of John Favreau, director. I thought you did. Okay. <laughs> Don't swear at me. Um, yeah, something something set me off on wanting to watch Single White Female, and again, it was on Now TV, so I uh, I hit that shit up. It's really fucking creepy. It's a lot more tense than I remembered. Is it? Hmm. I, I could never get on with it. Yeah, I think you'd probably quite like it if you watched it now. Maybe, maybe. I didn't say I would watch it with it. No, yeah, but you didn't want to. No, I'm not. I'm not force you to watch a film you don't watch. No, you said you want to watch Single White Female tonight, and I said, uh, never really got on with that film, but we're going to give it another go. And I said, I'm not going to force you to watch a film you don't want to watch, and then you picked another film, so clearly you didn't want to watch it. Dumbass. Um... Oh, yeah, and there's the bit when the puppy died. I forgot about that. Where she, like, saws off a bit of the balcony railing so that the puppy goes through it and, like, falls to its death on the ground below. Django. You have my interest. Now you have my curiosity. But, yeah, Jennifer Jason Leigh is is really good as the unhinged... Single white female. I get the feeling like Jennifer Jason Lee is really good. Should just be like a just a known yeah. thing. Yeah. And then bit of a pivot. Decided to watch Behind the Candelabra. Nice. Yeah. Right. What happened when you said, "Oh, Behind the Candelabra"? I didn't realise that was on Netflix. I think it's on. And I went, "I went to see that at cinema." What was your response? I can't remember. You called me a big fucking nerd. Yeah, I did. Big fucking nerd. Is it? Hang on a minute, you've just said you wanted to watch it. Like, you're not in the cinema, you big nerd. <laughs> it's an odd one, is behind the candelabra. What did you guys think about it when you. I think we, it? we both really liked it, didn't we? Yeah, I, I enjoy me some behind the candelabra. Yeah, I liked it. Rob Lowe is fucking doing some incredible work. Oh, God, Jay's the plastic surgeon, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels very much, and part, part of this is, is the casting because there's there's two frequent collaborators of his in this but it feels very much like a ryan murphy project which frequent collaborators um so boyd holbrook is boyd holbrook in a lot of the ryan murphy stuff 
he's in a couple of seasons. He's in Hotel of American Horror Story, and I think he's in another one. Um, and then, and then, give, give me a second. <laughs> what the fuck was that? It was the, uh, it was the, um, oh, what is it? The drive-through uh, voice from the Chinese in Dude, Where's My Car? That's pretty good. The one that keeps just going, and then. Of movie quotes that exist in our house, that is a frequent one, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Deary me. Um, and then, oh, uh, what's his face? Shane Jackson. I don't know, Becky. Yeah, Shane, <laughs> Shane Jackson that plays his um, protege, Liberace's protege, right at the start. All right. Is is in her as well. So yeah, but just tonally and the fact that it's kind of unapologetically what it is like it's not no one's self-conscious on that set everyone's just like i mean it's a movie that's largely about liberace i think the use of the word camp is apt here yeah but they're all just fucking leaning into it oh yeah and i kind of love that about it yeah um and and the bit at the end after he's died at his funeral where he's just imagining him like flying up on the stage that's good. I enjoyed that. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed it, but it was just a bit of an odd duck. It is a bit of an odd duck, I will admit yeah. that. It, 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 it feels a little bit like you're watching going, really? I'm not quite sure about this, but I'm enjoying it. But you're watching it and it's like, like Michael Douglas is not, there's not like an ounce of camp in him usually. Like he's usually very like Michael Douglasy, and and the mannerisms and the voice and stuff, it's, it's just quite jarring to see it. When you're so used to him being, I, I thought, I, yeah, I think that that, that my, I always think Michael is a better actor than people ever remember him being. Yeah. For some reason. Quite possibly, yeah. Because um, people just think, oh, he's that horny one from the mid '80s. <laughs> was he horny in the '80s? He was a sex addict, Rebecca. Was he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, good for him. Yeah. Probably had a good time. Didn't didn't like endanger anybody. That's fine. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he's cancelled for any reason. I think no. all of them wanted to ride the Douglas train. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, Douglas is a handsome man. They all wanted Michael's Douglas. Yes, they did. He's not a handsome man now. Now he's an old man. He still is kind of a. He's no child dance mark. <laughs> Sorry, that was like an instinctive reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that all that you watched on your uh... lonesome? Ian, what have you been watching? On your lonesome, all together. And then we'll, we'll do the couple that we've got that we watched together, and then we'll lead into the recorder. No worries. Um, so are we gonna get round to the small axe films? Do we think? Because I, I think we want to, but I think that we're just—it's just when we will. When will we? <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. It's a busy couple of weeks ahead, isn't it? And it kind of feels like we're just... I think we'll maybe get to them as we get to them rather than specifically saying we're going to do them all at once, if that makes sense. Yeah, all right. I'll 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 leave red, white and blue then. Um, But yeah, I'd, it'd be interesting to talk that one out. Um, I will say I do get the sense with Small Axe that Mangrove and Lovers Rock were like the two boom and the others maybe not so much red white and blue is good but it's an hour and 20 minutes long and it feels like it probably needs to be like an hour 45 
been a little bit undercooked. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's... I don't know. It, it sets up a lot of stuff in, like, the first two-thirds or so that the last third really just kind of goes along the maybe the most obvious road. But I, I, I don't know. I'd be intrigued. John Boyega's very good in it. Um, bum, 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 bum. Only other thing I uh, actually watched um, over the last week or so, I was just feeling quite drained last week. So I, I, I didn't really, like, I was going to bed quite early and whatnot, you know, so I just didn't really get much spare time. So the uh, the film I was talking about earlier on, uh, where I watched The Prom and I watched Strictly, I, I will just say, as always, Strictly Come Dancing is, is an absolute treat. I am so impressed that the BBC have been able to pull that off with only one couple having to be uh, taken out of it because of COVID. It was a shame that it was the first same-sex couple, uh, even though it kind of felt like they weren't going to be in the competition for too long anyway, because they weren't that great not for any other reason, I think. And I think Bill Bailey's got a really good chance of winning it on Saturday, which will be really fun. Um, so watch Strictly. Then I watched Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to... I, it just... What a treat. This is like my third or fourth time watching Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And I've seen Mamma Mia once. Um, it's just, it's a film. And do you know what I did after Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again? I what? watched the fucking commentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which was really good. And old Parker just seems like a really nice guy. It's like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, I just had a really nice few hours in, in its company. Um, yeah, I like. I, I think Lily James is great in it. Um, I think the actual dance sequence, that like the musical sequences themselves, are a lot of fun. Um, the emotional stuff, I think, with uh, my love, my life at the end, it, it, it works really well. And I don't know, man, it's got Bastille by my beating vagina. Um, even like though ten years. Yeah, which I, I, t- I told Donna how much she liked, liked that line. She was a big fan of having washed and taken to my tent. Uh, <laughs> yes. Which is just, Christine Bransky's on great form in that scene. Um, I mean, fucking Cher just looking at Andy Garcia and then just like barely able to emote going, Fernando! And then going into Fernando. It's fantastic it knows what it is all it wants to do is entertain and it entertained the shit out of me i fucking unapologetically love mamma mia here we go again and if they want to do mamma mia thank you for the music in 10 years i'll be their cock in hand i'll be be next year nice whose cock will i have in my hand <laughs> who, 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 who knows by then what you'll i'm sure you'll find out we'll tell you <laughs> absolutely uh but yeah no I, I, by then are you are you sort of trying to tell me that you're leaving me for ian is that what i'm, I'm just saying i'm just saying let's let's leave all our cards on the table wow love you too <laughs> who knows what may happen mm. um and yeah I, I i was trying to think like was there anything else that i watched last week i'll tell you but i'll tell you what it was I'll probably talk about this next week, but the dog 
is on her first period at the moment. It's just ending now, we think, we pray. I think and... it's called season when it's dogs, Ian. Sorry? I think it's called a season when it's dogs. Whatever. Fine. A season. <laughs> her first season. Nice. Supposed to last between seven and ten days, apparently, and today is literally day ten. So, and it's been easing up, but she's not been sleeping very well she's been kind of like barking in the night we've been having to let her out so she can go diarrhea in the garden and she had me up at 5 a.m on friday morning um so what did i do apart that time tried to sleep on the sofa for a bit and watch the first 20 minutes of holmes and watson because that's a film that screams five o'clock in the morning when you're a bit tired yes it does um I was really quite enjoying it. I probably, I, I think I'll be watching the rest this week. So more. I will have to watch that this week. We'll talk about it next week. Oh wow, okay, it's on Netflix. Um, great stuff. But yeah, I think that's me. Cool. Um, well, we also watched. We did actually watch Panic Room, but we'll. If, but slight segue. Um, you'll be able to catch that on. I believe it's the next episode of Fincher Club, uh, <laughs> which might be out in in in, in the, the new year. I mean, we missed the mank deadline, so... So, you know, but it, it, it'll come. But Patreon, um, if you're listening to this and you you want you want more, you want more of this, uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, it's Patreon slash Film Bastards. Uh, it's $2 a month, and you get extended episodes, and you get extra content that we throw out there, from commentaries to other reviews to various bits and bats uh, out there. So if you would like to contribute, then please do so. Also, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast, uh, so you can find... Other podcasts on there. Are we at the end of the show? Have I had a stroke? No, it's not the end of the show. I'm just throwing it in the middle. Because I want right. to get at the end. Okay. Uh, it's all right, Ian. Mark's just gone wrong. Yeah. It's my episode. It's always a bit chaotic. It's malfunctioning. Chinsroker versus Punter. Uh, Iron Sequel, his film, her movie. What's on tap? And some of that And a whole we of other bonus shows, etc. So head on over to uh, We Are Pod Syndicate to find all of that. Uh, what did we watch, Becky? What did we watch, Becky? We did our first watch of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, didn't we? Yeah, we fucking did. And it remains a beautiful, wonderful, marvellous, succulent thing. Yeah. Succulent. Yeah. It's... Tell you what, it's succulent. What? Beverly D'Angelo? That fucking shirt, man. It traumatises me every time I watch it. Beverly's D'Angelo's? The titty shirt. Yep. Yeah. Um, adore this movie. Just, just too much, I think. I think so. I think it's possibly at dangerous levels. I think it is at dangerous levels. Yeah. I think I am at levels. If, if I ever met Chevy Chase, I would just automatically think that I'm meeting Clark Griswold. I mean, that sounds fair. Um, so, yeah, um, we watched that. What else did we watch? Uh, we watched The Crow. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. We watched it on the night of the podcast. We did watch it last Tuesday night, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah it's been a long time. Less time for you, I think, since you watched The Crow, isn't it? Yeah. Where's I it watched been? this when you went away to Cheshire Oaks. Yeah. Um, whereas I, it, it's been, I would say, 15 years, possibly longer, since I last watched The Crow. Um, I forgot how stylized it was. Mm. I genuinely forgot how stylized it was. I think I thought it was a little bit more standard i forgot quite how the the sort of cityscapes were very similar um to um alex Prowse's um dark city 
in that and it swoops Another around it film. yeah and you get a lot of the literally bird's eye view mm. uh of, of what's going on I, I, I kind of forgot about that in my head i think it had all the all the stylizedness of it had kind of gone away um from that but it's that that adds to it oh absolutely it's just it's, it's, shot standard it'd be yeah it'd still be a good film but it it, it wouldn't the performances wouldn't work either no it, 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 the fact is there it, 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 it's it's a comic book movie before we had comic book movies almost, mm. uh, in, in a way. Uh, there. It's, they they make good use of Brandon Lee's physicality yeah. um, for it without uh, overly relying on it. Uh, in the fight scenes that you have, they could quite easily have leaned it into essentially being a martial arts movie and they don't do that. No. It's like they, they focus on the the fact that he is very able um, and quite more dancer than he is. Uh, I love, I love how he just laughs at whoever he's fighting with. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> good. They, they they get that down. Uh, Michael Winkle is is basically the perfect villain. Um, it, it's it's a very it's a very entertaining film. It, has it gone down in my estimations a little bit over the years? I think. When it came out and 13-year-old me watched it for the first time on Laserdisc, um, yeah. being a big Bruce Lee fan and enjoying the films of the, the few films of Brandon Lee, I, th- I really fucking liked it and thought it was amazing. And now I look back at it and go, it's fun, it's entertaining, and it, it, it's good, but it, it, it's... I think then when I thought it was a 9 out of 10 movie, I'm very much happy to going, this is a solid 7 out of 10 movie, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Hmm. <laughs> You're not cool with that. No, I don't care. Uh, and then we also we'll we'll, we'll quickly kind of go over these. We got into a little bit uh, last week. We watched the Godfather movies, didn't we? We did. And we'll get into obviously part three. Coda. Coda. Mario Bruce's Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Carlyle. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But Bex, um, the Godfather movie. Yeah, we was because we were talking about obviously doing part three, weren't we? And you were like, ah, yeah, we'll just roll dog it and go straight into number three yeah. and it's like no mark i need i need the foreplay of the first two because i haven't seen them a hundred million times each like you have i've watched them both maybe twice so obviously don't remember them quite as well as you do um so yeah so we we did a rewatch, didn't we saturday night sunday night and then part three on monday yeah and um yeah i think I mean, I mean, they're undeniably very, very good. Um, I am ready for something stupid. Like I could watch a hot tub time machine type movie tonight. <laughs> I I described the Godfather movies to um the girl that I work with who hasn't seen them as they are like three course meals. Um, as a film, you know, it, they're very good, but you you you're left feeling incredibly full, and I just feel like I need a light snack. But then Coda's like an enema. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point um yeah i mean they're both they're both very different films obviously the even structurally obviously you've got the flashback kind of situation in the second one that you don't have in the first that's very much like a, a straight timeline isn't it mm. um i don't know which i prefer i still think number two is my is, is my preference I don't know. I like number one because I think Brando's so good. But then you've got De Niro in number two. 
Who, he doesn't get an awful lot to do. I think it's a lot more than you think. Mm. And as well, I, and I said this, I pointed out, out to you, but what I love is the fact that that De Niro managed to win an Academy Award <laughs> playing a non-speaking, non-English speaking role without mm. anybody even really ever noticing or taking notice of it. I think it's quite, um, what's quite good about it, the, the two of them together, is obviously in, in number one, you see him as just the godfather. He's already there. He's a very, very powerful man. Yeah. But you kind of assume that it's a lineage thing. Mm. And it's not. It's within one generation he's gone from being nothing to this, like, hugely powerful man. Um, all by, you know, really, his own kind of doing. Mm. He's, not, he's not just inherited like Michael does. But uh, but as well, you get the point um, where the reason why he takes offence at Blackhand is he's like, hang on a minute, he takes money off Italians. Yeah. Even the Italians, he's like, yeah, and he's like, and he, that's what annoys him. Mm. He's very much, no, I'm going to give back to this fucking community. I'm mm. going to make money off it, but I'm going to give back to it at the same time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think as well, one thing that, that kind of... One thing that I didn't realise when when I watched it last time around or didn't strike me was obviously there's not an awful lot. You, you don't see him in relationships with anybody else apart from Mama Corleone. Yeah, it's no, literally it just her yeah. all the way through. Um, and like in a lot of gangster movies, which you know essentially it is, there's an awful lot of they've got their wives and then they've got the mistresses and stuff like that, and it's just not like that. No, he, he he's very much committed to wife number one. Yeah. 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 That, that's there. It's yeah. They're, they're, they're both fantastic. Like you said, they they do feel like three cost meals. But you are watching something. I think going. This is everybody is in top game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, within it, I I always think that that uh, Robert Duvall is is a bit of the unsung hero of, of of these movies. Everyone focusing on Pacino and then uh, Brando in the first one, De Niro in the second one, and you know the James Khan spiky performances within it. Um, spiky performance. And then you know in you know you've got that is the focus in number one, and number two you've got um you know you've got um uh, I've got his name now, uh, John Cazale uh, uh, with um Fredo, but then just in the background of it all always you've got Robert Duvall just essentially doing the kind of like. You know, he's he's doing the role that, that needs to be there that kind of just balances everything mm, and just mm. makes sure everything's ticking along and that everything can fire off and is the it is the almost like the balance that it all needs, which is what he is supposed to be there for in, in, mm. in any way. I think it's it's interesting as well to watch with a more critical eye of like Pacino's performance. When when I first watched it, I was just watching it and you're taking mm. in the story and everything, but like the acting, the facial kind of expression acting that he does, like from the moment he finds out, for instance, that it's Fredo that's betrayed him, you can, you can see that revelation popping off in his mind and his facial expression changes and he, he looks both devastated and angry and... It's, it's literally, it, it's a slip of the tongue. Mm. And it's like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. It, well, right. Well, like he could have, it could have been like Pacino now. For instance, older Pacino, that reaction would have been—he'd have been like well, taken aback, and well, you, it would have been like a physical movement. It's just a facial expression, like a tick of the eyes. This is a this is a thing that we'll get into, I think, with with, with number three, with yeah. number three mm. about my Pacino thing. Mm. And bear in mind, I do adore Pacino. 
However, I will get into it. I have a, a bit of a theory on this. Uh, my theories are usually terrible. So I mean, that is true. Uh, well, but we'll get into corner now, because I think, you know... Logical play. Logical play. idea of us doing it and talking about um, this film in relation to how different is it to um, The Godfather Part 3 it's not that different the opening is comes in a a more logical place than the original opening and I think the ending makes more sense ending where it does but there's not actually that much difference but the differences they've made might make a difference to the experience of the film is what I would say mm. to that um, so it is The Godfather Part 3 we um, shoot forward 21 years I believe from where we last left them uh, where Michael Corleone basically fucking set fire to everything um, but was growing more powerful um, and more um, what's the word I'm looking for? Scary? More it's not lonely is what I'm looking for. Erotically charged. Isolated. That's it. More isolated. Did you just say erotically charged? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, <laughs> from that, uh, so we fast forward to 21 years later where he has almost completed the process of getting... Sorry, the cat just keeps trying to get in the room and he's, he's halfway in the door. Um... He's almost completed the process of, of getting the, the family out and uh, going straight. Uh, and part of this, the last little bit of this, um, is that he wants essentially control of the Vatican's property portfolio, would be best used to describe it. 
uh, and Puzo and uh, Francis Ford Coppola use essentially like a real life story that happened around the time, not the time, around the time of when this is happening. Uh, other Vicom Bank essentially been involved in corruption. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Um, God-fearing men and all that. Yeah. So, uh, Ian, what do you think of uh, The Godfather Part 3 slash Godfather Corner? Yeah, it's, it's 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 been a good long while since uh, since I watched these films. Um, might even be, do you know what? Yeah, God, it might be when the Coppola Restoration first came out on DVD. I've had them on iTunes for fucking ages and just never got round to watching them. Um, and it's interesting watching it all in sequence and with and with this cut. It's obviously not as good as the first two and in unfortunately obvious ways. I know part of Coppola's intent with this film was to almost like have people reevaluate Sophia Coppola. Yeah, she's she's not she's not very good. Um, She's just not. Um, There's. I mean, she was, you know, she was basically parachuted in to replace Winona Ryder pretty fucking last minute. Um, But she is trying, but there's almost just like a complete lack of sincerity in what she's saying. And it makes her character feel, I don't know, it made me feel like there's something up with her because how unsincere she sounds with what she's saying but she's not supposed to be she's supposed to be just like a good character who wants to do good things you know um and also her relationship with andy garcia that's just a terrible fucking storytelling decision at at least for me like why why would you get those two characters together and then by the end of it it serves basically no dramatic purpose because it's just she kind of walks up to him he says we can't do this she gets shot and it's not like you see the aftermath with andy garcia like if there was some sort of arc for him that ended in a tragic way with this, then fair enough. But the last you see of Andy Garcia is him basically just kind of like shouting or crying or something. Um, and that the, the whole Vincent angle, I, I just find it very odd. It's like, I get it. He reminds Michael of Sonny. He sees Sonny in him and he wants him to be around. But the, the way by the end of the film he's just the new godfather it doesn't i mean i I, it doesn't really click for me but saying all that pacino is fucking brilliant in this the way that it starts with him basically trying to buy legitimacy and then by the end michael even being around with all these machinations is almost like an afterthought is fascinating and as a coda instead of instead of a part three i think it serves its purpose better like the melancholy about it all when his scenes with k are great but next to the godfather and the godfather part two 
it's obvious, like just very, very obviously lacking. But at the same time, not for one minute would I say this is a bad film. And also Joe Mantegna, I think, is great. Yes, what do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, I I remember watching part three for the first time and, and just being like, what the fuck is that? As, a, as an end to this trilogy, that is shit. And like being really quite offended by how bad it was. Um, whereas this doesn't feel like that. And I can't point to any specific changes, but it just, it doesn't feel as bad as an ending with whatever it is they've done. Um, the, I, I, I agree with you on the um, Mary and Vincent thing. It's, it, it's pointless and it's do you know I, I even feel it would be less creepy like yes you are sat there going guys your first cousins this is just this is really kind of gross but if they didn't continually call each to their fucking cuz yeah it wouldn't yeah. be as bad i love you cuz i love you too cuz and it's like just no like, nobody wait, in you know life... your cousins <laughs> yeah exactly yeah nobody in real life refers to their cousins as cuz do they like, that's not a thing. Not their real cousins, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the, yeah, that that it's it's horrible that bit. It's just it's horribly written. It's horribly played out. It's just unpleasant to watch. Um, Pacino for me in this feels. Pacino in one and two feels like Michael Corleone. Pacino in this feels like Pacino. Um, and it, it's it's just him being him. There's, there's, there doesn't seem to be much of a performance angle in it. Um, he's too far removed from the character that he is in the first two movies. I mean, yes, it's a lot of years. Yes, he's bound to have changed. But if you're going back and reprising a character that you've done to such critical acclaim and so well, at least try and get some of that vibe back he's too fucking jolly in it there's no seriousness to him in the same in the same there's no gravity to him in the same way as there is in the first two you know he he obviously he knows he's doing things that are going to have serious implications and stuff like that but there's no there's no weight to it um so that that was quite jarring um and then the the other critical point I have of it versus the other two is the the actual storyline itself. I and mean, we were talking about it last night after we uh, earlier today actually yeah. after we after we finished it and it was we were saying that the stories of the first two are actually at, at their heart very simple and that allows the performance and the atmosphere and and all this other shit that made them so special shine through whereas in this you there's, there's too many threads of, of plot going on yeah. and it's distracting That's fair. um but i enjoyed it more than last time i watched godfather part three so whatever they've done has worked or i've changed as a viewer it, it feels <laughs> like it's trying to say something within a story that is about something else and it's a bit like if you want to say that Make another movie and fucking say it. If you want to tackle that the supposedly good guys are as corrupt as the supposedly bad guys, you know, 
I don't know, just do it better, be more clear. The thing is, I've always, I've always been of the opinion uh, with The Godfather Part 3 that, yes, it's not as good as 1 and 2, but it's nowhere near as bad as people think it is. I actually, Sofia Coppola didn't annoy me as much in it as I, as I remember her doing. I think it's because you always remember her being a bit crap. Um, and she is crap. She's not very good. But I also don't think, and I think like you were saying there, Ian, Andy Garcia's character almost feels superfluous in this. Mm. He doesn't really even need to be there. The, the, the bit well, that... no, he is. He's there as, as, as the heir that Michael doesn't have in his own son because right. his own son wants to be a fucking opera singer. Right, but I don't even know if it needs that thread within it. Because the thing is, like you, you said there, Ian, is he literally becomes godfather and head of the Corleone family. Well, he's hardly had, he's, he's not earned it. I know that, that that's, that's kind of, to an extent, what Michael got. But Michael got growing up around it for years. Well, and, and, and I mean, like, Michael had to pay quite the price as well. You know, it, it's, you know, he kind of has the life, like, the, the good in life beating the shit out of him. You know, it's like he's... He's got a, a he gets Salazzo in the police chief and then he's got to go to Italy and then his fucking wife gets blown up and whatnot. You know, it's the, the, the Michael at the start of The Godfather is not the Michael at the end of The Godfather, you know, whereas Garcia, it's. I want to protect the family, I want to protect the family, I want to protect the family. Oh, shit, I'm The Godfather now. Yeah, it, it does feel a little bit like that. <laughs> and it's a little bit like, hang on a minute. Sonny wouldn't have worked as the head of the family because yeah. his 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 idea for everything would be let's just fucking kill them all. Let's get this guy who literally weeks ago, not even that, a few days ago, in the kitchen you were saying to him, no. No, but Sonny would have been the head of the family if he hadn't died. Yeah, but it would. It, but the, that, what I'm saying is the head of the, the family wouldn't have got to where it is literally yeah. about to give the Vatican six hundred million dollars. Mm. Had Sonny been the head of it, they know that Michael was the, the, was the brains behind it all, and he had the the level headedness to do that. Uh, it, it's that's what it is. What I will absolutely agree on, Bexter, is you've got the the Pacino thing of you've got the pre um, hiatus Pacino, uh, which was you know the Godfather movie, which made him. And then it, Godfather was made only a couple of years after he made his comeback. And he's a very different actor in those those two periods. And he's an even more different actor now mm. uh, than, than, than that. And I'm not wanting to say that he hasn't made anything good post, you know, comeback um, from, from that. Because he has. He's made a lot of very good films for that. And I don't think he's, he, I don't think he's bad in this. I think he, he's very good in it. But I do agree that I, it, it doesn't feel like the same character. No. It feels like a different a different Pacino iteration of this character. But, I mean, I so much time has passed. I, I, I think I kind of briefly, briefly mentioned this last week, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. The end of part two, it's him basically thinking, well, shit, what do I do now? And then the start of Coda is him negotiating this deal basically like with the vatican and i think that's just a really but, I, I, but those bits absolutely but the 
he seems like the, the the joking around at the party afterwards just feels a little bit like I don't know that doesn't feel like the guy from the first two movies. No. But it, I I get it, but at the same time, twenty one years has passed. Yeah, well, in you can see like I know it's, it's different actors doing it, but you can see the progression from De Niro's Vito to Brando's Vito, you can see how that man would become that man. I, I, the, my issue with the Pacino performances is I can't see how, and it's the same fucking actor, Godfather Part 2, Michael Corleone, becomes Godfather Part 3, Michael Corleone. But, they, they don't feel like remotely the same person. But I also think, as well, part of this is the direction of it. Like, the, the director... Because Godfather, uh, Godfather made Coppola, mm. um, but at the time Coppola already thought he was the hot shit anyway. He thought it was the two. Yeah, he didn't want to do number two. No. No, he he, he didn't want to do number two. Um, he did number two essentially as a as a one for them, um, and th- in that they allowed him to do the conversation. That was the movie he wanted to do, and he got to make the conversation because he made Godfather Part Two for them. Hmm. Um, but and I, I think it, it, it's no it's no slight to say that unfortunately Francis Ford Coppola has declined over the years as a as a filmmaker. Hmm. Unfortunately, um, he, he, he burnt out quite spectacularly. You know. He had a, a, a good period in the mid '80s where he made some some good, you know, some good movies in things like The Cotton Club and uh, Rumblefish and The Outsiders. Mm. So he had a good little good little thing there of making a specific type of movie. But you know, Dracula, I think when we reviewed it um, earlier in the year, is a lot of fun, and it, it, it's you can see the guy who made Godfather Part Three made Dracula. You know, mm. the opening fucking shot. Of it looking at the cathedral from from below, you can see that yeah. stylistic thing. Whereas it, it, it's almost the guy who made Godfather Part Two. Oh, did you know he also made fucking Dracula? You'd be a bit like, holy fucking shit, that's the same dude. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of, of, of that to it, um, I, I, but I still, it still doesn't quite work for me. It's better, without question. From having the different opening, the different ending, mm. and the pacing seems a little bit better. I I, I do think that the um, Garcia's character is basically superfluous. Yeah, it's really it it, it it does feel like I want to know why they decide to have them have that relationship because mm. it makes no sense. Because literally the film keeps acknowledging that they're cousins, and you kind of get the feeling like maybe they should think this is a little bit more wrong than they do. Yeah, the only one that actually seems genuinely like. No, what the fuck is Michael Corleone? Yeah, guys, your cousins. It, it almost feels like they're like going, "You need to stop seeing my daughter." And it's like you get feel like at some point he explains to them, "Went by the way, it's not that I don't want you with my daughter. It's the fact that you're fucking cousins. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you as a person. If you as a person were not related, possibly, although you are a gangster." Yeah. I, also, Bridget Fonda literally just fucking disappears after what yeah, after yeah. Like, what, a steam and a half. 
that that was incredible that she's like gets a single card title card in the credits for this fucking film and she is in it maybe on screen a total of what two minutes i'd say two minutes and by what 20 minutes in she's gone see that have her be the new k who's like coming from a legitimate world and having to reconcile the idea of um garcia being like this scary dangerous man and have mary just be fucking michael corleone's daughter don't have that relationship in there but they also they tease around the fact that maybe she might be sleeping with garcia to just get closer to this this michael corleone story that she wants but no, no, no. Oh, go with that. Go with that. I would, it, I, I would much, I would be much more comfortable watching that play out on screen than watching. I love you, cuz. Love you, cuz. Yeah. A rolling pasta. Oh god, Make, that, making some oh, gnocchi. God, that bit was horrible. You look at it. I was looking at it going. Horrible. God, I can eat gnocchi now. No. I really like gnocchi. Oh, that bit where he puts his fingers between hers and he's just like rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does make you want to sick up a bit, though, doesn't yeah. it? Like, it is. It's. It, it, it's. You'd. You'd like to have been in the room when there's a a, a couple of them writing. They went. We're gonna write this. I go. Can I just just Can just, just stop a second? So, Marriott, you're aware they're cousins. Francis, you're aware they're cousins. Yeah. And you're aware of the ickiness and the weirdness of that. Yeah. Are we gonna address that? Not really. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, so they're only like half cousins. Everyone's only half cousins. <laughs> okay, just as long as we're aware of that. So we're gonna do that, are we? We're gonna we're gonna tackle essentially incest, and at the same time, we're gonna take on the Vatican. Brilliant, cool, yeah. And and oh, uh, and he's dueling with like his his old colleagues, and he's trying to kind of reconcile with his ex-wife. Do we think maybe this is too many threads? Maybe possibly too many threads. No, yeah. it's fine. People will follow it. Are you, are you gonna are you gonna make it quite coherent and make people quite recognisable so that they don't? It's people out there going, "Hang on, is he the guy from the bit with the bit?" Yeah, I think so. Okay, no, no, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna make it quite ambiguous. Yeah. And confusing as fuck. Also, his son's an opera singer. What? <laughs> why? Why? You what? 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 Are the last thirty minutes basically just an opera? All right. Why? Because Coppola wants to direct an opera, but you can't be asked. Fair enough. I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that that last 30 minutes or so where it's kind of all coming to a head and whatnot, and it's like all the disparate bits are coming together. It, it, it is still cut incredibly slowly. And and, I mean, oh, my God. How much time does it spend lingering on what's her face? Connie. Really unsubtly watching that man eating his, eating his poison cannoli. Well, we did look at that and go, I mean, I'd have finished those cannolis ages ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'd, we'd be dead early. I, I would have just fucking, I would have just Cookie gone, monster fucking hell, yeah. yeah. And I'd go full Sid and just be like. I do like a cannoli. Yeah, even, I was even said to you, even if, even if somebody went, stop. They're poison. They're poison. I'd be like, I'm in a good room. And just <laughs> kept going. Like, she's not sold. There's one point where she's watching him. And he's looking at opera glasses and he looks like, <laughs> I'm watching, man. It's like, dude. Just, she could, she could at least give him a little wave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. Hello. <laughs> He'd be a shit spy, Connie. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't be. She wouldn't be good. Her, I, I love the fact that the, the, the Tanya Shire's thing in this film is 
in every scene, she just opens the door and walks in. She never actually starts in a scene. She just enters through a door in every scene midway through somebody else talking. It's a good point, that. She needs to know her fucking role. She is, she is like giving orders and telling people to do stuff behind Michael's back. She, she needs to fucking realise that she is not in charge. It, it, it is a little bit like she's gone, I'll come back, but I don't want to get beat up like I did in the first one. And I don't want to be kissing my brother's hand like I did in the second one. I want to have a little bit of weight. And, and I want to wear some fucking brooches. Yeah, and I want to wear a massive brooch. <laughs> Oh, this this scene doesn't really call for a brooch. You're wearing like a jacket, right? Big fucking necklace then. Yeah, huge the fucking necklace. <laughs> but as well, the, one of the big criticisms of the film was that the the, the 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 scene on the stairs was too dramatic and too OTT. No, I still think it is. I think the, the problem is, number one, number two, it's got that always hanging over its shoulder. And nothing is, it's all very calculated, those movies. Mm. It's all very procedural almost. And it's got what's going on in the background during the opera scene, feels procedural. And then you get the melodrama. Yeah, because like, even, even when Vito gets shot selecting his oranges, it's not as dramatic as that. But it's a more iconic scene because it's not melodrama. It's, mm. it's dramatic, but it's not melodramatic yeah it, it, it that fucking scene with the oranges like just rolling all over the floor it's very good as well that they don't quite get that because anytime in the first two anytime somebody's about to get killed there's an there's an orange someone holds an orange before it oh, is that right? yeah anytime, anytime somebody from the family gets killed or has an attempt on them from within the corleone family including people um that the corleone is from inside a killing Hmm. Um, there's an, someone who's walking with an orange or has, or has an orange at some point. Oh, that's very clever, I've not noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch it in like a few years. Yeah. There's when one I need bit. a few more three yeah. meals. Also, also, as well, can we just backtrack very quickly to number two? Yeah. Is Al Pacino eating orange with the peel on it like a hand fruit? Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> He is, isn't he? Yeah, man, he's There's enjoying that peel. Where they're they're in like the bullet house, and you've got uh and uh Robert Duvall's there, and they're talking about um I can't remember which bit is they're talking about, but Pacino is pacing up and down, just eating orange like it's a fucking hand fruit. Are you sure it's not like an apple? No, it's an orange. Are you sure it's not an already peeled orange? No, he's taking like fuck, he's taking a bite out of it. He's actually eating it on screen. It can't be an orange. It's an orange. Can I just tangent for one second? That is a slick-ass boathouse they've got. It is a fucking fine boathouse, yeah. isn't it? Great place to watch Fred or get shot for. Just wants to... <laughs> like you were saying last week, he just wants to go fishing with his nephew. He's broken. He's broken. Yeah. All he wants to do now is just be part of the family again. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, oh. This is what I'm saying about the Pacino thing. The Pacino that will not accept that he won't do it again, that he didn't realise that it, they were going to put a hit on him. He just thought they wanted some information and he wanted something for himself. The, the Pacino that wouldn't accept that and would shoot his own, well, have his own brother shot in the back of the head, despite the fact that he knows that all he wants to do is, is reconcile, would not be the Pacino in number three. He just wouldn't. Mm. Doesn't track. 
I do think, like Ian said last week, I do think there's an angle for a announcement from Paramount next year of Godfather Part 4. What, the Andy Garcia years? No, I, I do think it'll be... I don't, I don't think it'll be Andy Garcia. I think it'll be Andy Garcia now, full with resplendent beard, <laughs> essentially. But I do think Pacino, it'll be what happens up to that moment. Or it could even be what happens beyond that moment, because he's not dead in this version now. So does he die? Yeah, he keels over and the orange rolls off his hand. Oh. Uh, they properly oldered him up, though. Like, he's 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 an old man. And yeah. And a lot yeah. of years after there. Yeah. Get, 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 Oscar, get Oscar Isaac in as Andy Garcia's son. That'd work. And still, I mean, I'd watch that because Oscar Isaac's pretty fucking And still have Pacino there. <laughs> well, are you looking forward to Oscar Isaac as Francis Ford Coppola? I had to Google a picture of Francis Ford Coppola because I needed to know why Sophia Coppola didn't have a chin. Yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's it Francis really Ford Coppola took them all. Yeah. No, he probably didn't now. He's he's pretty fucking skinny now, isn't he? Bless him. I think he just drinks wine and that's it. If you look at look at pictures of young Francis Ford Coppola before he disguised the fact that he has no chin, he's a weak chinned man. He, he, he is a weak chinned man. Yeah. Um, so I thought if we give out what is it? Unless anyone else got anything else to say? No. What I like. So it's not the first two. Sorry. Cool. So is it? As I said, I like it, but it's not the first two. Which is, I think, exactly where I am. But it was a delight seeing Catherine Scorsese's turn up. Yeah, yeah. Mama Scorsese? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Whenever she, when she turns up in something that's not a Scorsese movie, and it's not very many, but she does turn up in a few, yeah. kind of go... Hi, Scorsese! <laughs> it's, it, is, it is a full... A full... Treat. It's a full DiCaprio from... Well, I suppose I mean, a Hollywood uh, meme. It's that. It Point, is. Pointers. Without question, that. It's one of the Caprio memes. Yeah. I will also say as well, I hope that Vincent, whenever he kills someone, just says the person's surname. I love it when he kills Zaza and he just goes, Zaza! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. And also, then off he gallops on his horse. Brilliant. Also as well, right, Andy Garcia is 24 when he made that movie. Fucking hell, really? He looks like he's in his mid-40s. Yeah, he does, yeah. And don't get me wrong, Andy Garcia was always, every iteration of Andy Garcia has been an incredibly handsome man. Um, So he's good-looking here, so you can see why they cast him as, you know, the good-looking, suave, hot-headed... Um, cousin fucker. Cousin fucker, yeah. yes. But then you've got, like, Ian saw uh, Ian Malmia, um party. Um, you've got him there in that. See, I'd watch that again. He did watch again, loved it. Um, and it's not, it's not Mamma Mia Part Two. It's Coda, the shagging of Donna, whatever her name is. Yeah, watch that. Yeah. Not the sex tick. That'd be well. I don't know. It's Donna's Donna, what's her name? What? The Donna it, character is 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 what's her name? Meryl Streep. That's the one. Ooh, yeah, watch that. You don't want to watch the shagging of Meryl Streep. I know. I was talking about the Lily James version. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Andy Garcia and Lily James. Yeah, I've watched that sex tape. Yeah. Isn't Andy Garcia and Yeah. I mean, so that's like a granddad. No, I'd watch dad. it. What? Her dad. Shares her mum. You probably <laughs> confused yourself here, aren't you, mate? I mean, the, it, the timeline doesn't make sense anywhere. The, the timeline of Mamma Mia is horrific. Cher is Meryl Streep's mum. 
in that timeline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. We covered the timeline when we reviewed it. <laughs> I really want to watch number two again, actually, but I want to scrub number one from my memory, but not so much that I don't forget how shite it is and accidentally watch it again. So where are we all on? What is it? <laughs> not sure. Definitely not shit. Definitely not, not shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our audience poll. Definitely not shit. A hundred percent. Nice. Yeah. Uh, right. We do have questions, I believe. Uh, that's not a question. That's something else. Andrew Jones, uh, friend of the show. Uh, if any film could be released on a streaming service all of a sudden, a film that may be lost or not yet made, what would you immediately click onto? So, like, you just scroll and you see a film and you go, fuck yes. Yes. Red shoes. Or not yet made, did you say, though? Yeah. Not on any streaming services. You know it got on Blu-ray upstairs, right? I did not know that, no. I'm going to watch that on probably tomorrow and you inevitably have to go into work. So we've got literally you've been waiting to watch that on stream service yes. and we've literally got on Blue Rips test. I did not know that you have not made that clear to me. Ian Did he say a film not yet made? It can be a film not yet made. John Carpenter's Escape from Earth. That's a fucking really good fucking shout that. That's a really good shout. Just give John Carpenter thirty million dollars. Yeah. And just go nuts. Have Kurt Russell come back. He could be dressed as fucking Santa Claus if you want. Santa Claus with an eye patch. Why not? And let's go. Yeah, someone has, aren't they? It's very good. It is very good, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. John Carpenter's Escape from Earth on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to go to my stock answer for these all the time. And it's Nick Cave's sequel to Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Russell Crowe is trying to break out of hell. That, yeah, that, that's it. Because, God, I, I just genuinely am so good at that. I don't think I've ever forgiven Ridley Scott for that not being made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I ever will. Um, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, the Godfather had an amazing ensemble cast. But which film has your favourite ensemble? For me, it's tough to beat A Bridge Too Far. Now, you see, maybe it's obvious, maybe it's not, because it kind of feels like this film's been weirdly forgotten. But Ocean's Eleven, for the sheer fucking... Fucking hell, they got all them together in a film at that time. But then just the mix of like really, really big stars and then just like interesting character actors as well. Like Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn just playing brothers. Yeah. Why not? Why not? That's that's fun. You know, Brad Pitt is always eating. George Clooney just in pure fuck. Like because there, there aren't really many movie stars anymore you know you've you've got the chrises and whatnot but just like movie stars are they no no not they 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 feel like personalities who are in films yeah i have no problem with most of them um but it's almost like they don't want to be movie stars they purposefully don't whereas Clooney at that point really did yeah and Brad Pitt really did 
Yeah, and Brad Pitt really did. And, and you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that's like, those are two fucking movie star performances there. I I miss that. It's like Tom Cruise. You know, I, I, I miss that. So that's the thing. And it was, it was just such a fucking cool ensemble. And, you know, is it as kind of like deep and rich as the Lord of the Rings films or something like that? No, no, not really. But fuck me. If you if you were to tell me, hey, do you want to watch like a new film that's got the, the cast of Ocean's Eleven in? Yes. Facts. Can I have the usual suspects? Yes, you can have the usual suspects. It's a good shout. I think, because like ensemble films, some, a lot of people cast, uh, class them as just like a film that's got a cast that has quite a lot of famous people in. And I don't, that's not an ensemble film to me. Like in my, in my depth, definition in my brain it has to be equally good performances but they're all working together throughout as well like Ocean's Eleven fits that like if they were all just in it but they didn't really have an awful lot to do with each other that that doesn't feel like an ensemble film to me Mm. unusual suspects is that and obviously they've all gone on to do various things some it's a mixed bag isn't it Yeah. Yeah. yeah It's a very mixed bag. Some of them are Robin. You've got you've got Spacey and all of his baggage. You've got Baldwin being the worst Baldwin. He's great in usual suspects. And he's great in usual suspects. And you've got Benicio del Toro being just Benicio del Toro and winning Oscars and just being really fucking charismatic. Um Gabriel Burns disappeared. What happened to him? Uh it was set on fire in hereditary. Fire hereditary, I think he just pissed off Catholics too much. Oh, he's great in a fucking Catholic yeah. guilt movie is Gabriel Byrne. And then you've got um, Kevin Pollock, who, who basically just made a career for a good few years of doing shows where he did impressions of people. And what's his name? The baddie? Oh, is it Eccleston? No. Pete Postlethwaite? No. He's dead. Oh, I'm thinking of a different film. I think you are, Bear. Yeah, I am. What's the oh, Got in 60 seconds! That's it, yeah. Got confused for a minute there. <laughs> you did, Nick. Oh, yeah, Pete Postlethwaite. Uh, right. I'm going to throw an ensemble at you then. Go on, bitch. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore, Ashley Judd, Wes Studi, Ted yeah. Levine, William Fitchner, Natalie Portman, Tom Noonan, Hank Azaria. Danny Trejo, Henry Rollins, Jeremy Piven, and Xander Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Do you know what? I'm actually genuinely surprised you haven't gone with Hot Tub Time Machine. What? I, it, it's Pantheon, I think, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. It's just the obvious choice. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah fucking hell, heat. What a what, what, even when you take go away from just the the Pacino and De Niro of everything, you've got Val Kilmer probably at the second best he's ever been, mm. Tom Sizemore at the probable best he's ever been, and then just a collection of just fucking just real great character actors. Every nineties character actor that they can fucking be. Michael Mann's gone, love that, 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 love that. It's incredible how much that film works. And like something like Seven, how it just doesn't seem to 
it's almost underappreciated in how much it's appreciated. Can I, can I, um, what? I, I, I don't see the positive thing. I need to rewatch it. And you I need keep to asking, it. No, I keep asking you if we can watch it and you keep being like, mm, about it. That's you. That was an impression. Was it an impression of me? Yeah. Mm. Thanks. Thanks. Well, we got a marathon that we're going to do one day. Yeah, we're going to do that marathon at some point. And if I wait for that marathon, then like all the currently existing copies of Heat will have disintegrated in the nuclear like. Look, look. We, 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 we can start it, the marathon whenever. It's on, it's on Amazon. <laughs> we've got it on iTunes, and we've got the Blu-ray. When we finish our Tarantino marathon, shall we do the Michael Mann one? Well, yeah. I think I kind of feel like the Tarantino marathon has died on its ass because my posty nicked Grindhouse. I can't believe you're posting Nick Grindhouse. I just really want to watch Hateful Eight again. Then we'll just watch the Hateful Eight. Okay. Um, Ian, <laughs> what's going on? Sorry. What's you were just sat, you sounded so sad. I know, but you, you guys, you went to London and sort of You've session. seen it. I've only seen it once. What? Well, we can watch it again. Right. Well, then let's do that. Right. Ian, why are you covering next week? The Hateful Eight. <laughs> um, covering Holmes and Watson. Yeah, well, no, the thing is, though, we think Jordan and Noel will be on next week yes. for Wonder Woman 1984. Um. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried because I'm planning on going to see it in Bath where apparently they may tip into tier three tomorrow and if they do their cinemas will be closed. Bristol are in tier three now. They may be going down to tier two. In which case I'm sure those cinemas will be open in fucking Earnest for the weekend. Oh, we're in tier two. It's not practical, but bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm hoping I'm going to be able to see Wonder Woman, but it might be a, a case of me literally seeing how far I have to travel for it. Yeah, so it's one of those we will have Wonder Woman and we will probably have Jordan and Nolan for it. It might be next week. It might be the week after. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. VPN for HBO Max all the fucking way the week after. If 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 not, if I, if, you know, if unable to see it, so that's absolutely fine. So, assuming we have Jordan Noel on, I I don't know. Like, I I suppose we could say to them, we're also going to talk about Holmes and Watson in the Hateful Eight. <laughs> Feel free to drop out of that bit or watch them. Um, I, I, think, Mark, I, think, I think we should insist that they watch Hobbs and Watson. Well, uh, the idea of making George watch Holmes and Watson is delicious. Um, yeah, that, I feel like that would be a bit of a treat, to be honest. Like, I think Noel would just be like, yeah, whatever. I think Jordan, it would like hurt his soul. Yeah. Kind Maybe of, yeah. To Jordan just before Christmas. Ah, he deserves it. Um, i don't mean that um but also ma rainey's black bottom is on netflix from friday so we can have a bit excuse me a bit more of a chat about that um and yeah i think i think that would be about it the midnight sky is on netflix from next wednesday so we'll do that the week after yeah Uh, 
so yeah we'll 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 see it's very 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 dependent on what tiers places are in but hopefully we'll be all right for wonder woman next week and that isn't that exciting yes yes very and you're seeing it tomorrow aren't you i think we are yeah absolute bastards what are you not aware of this becky no why i don't know how comfortable i feel going to the cinema why it's for you we need to go to the viewing so what's not on for rebecca so yes uh, well, thank you very much for joining us everybody that was episode 376 Thank you very much for joining me, me Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for joining me, Ian. I need a poop. And we should see you next week. Bye. Can you hear the drums of a man I remember long ago another starry night like this. In the firelight of the Humming to yourself and softly strumming your guitar. I could hear the distant drums and sounds of bugle calls were coming from afar. They were closer now for Lando. Every hour, every minute seemed to last eternally.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>